listener. Welcome. Thanks for pressing play. This is episode 105-er of the Jock and Nerd podcast. We're about to spew some geeky into your ear holes. We got the latest geek news, comic book, TV news, and reviews for Thursday, May 26th, 2016. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. It's the Jock and Nerd podcast with your hosts, Anthony and Imran. Hiya, listener. Thanks for joining us. This is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And this is the show for the little comic book geek inside all of us. There's a little comic book geek inside all of us. In fact, I named the comic book geek inside me. Uh, his name is Rugboy. He's here on the show. What's up, Rugs? Good earth to you. Good at you, Emron. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's up? What the hell is Rugboy doing inside of you? Okay, I'm glad somebody picked up on that. Rugs, are you? How do you feel about you are the comic book geek inside me? I think there's a little Rugboy in everybody, though. Come on. What does that mean? I'm not sure. And listener, I want to go along with this, but... (laughs) Listen, when you guys figure out what I'm talking about, send us an email. Show at jockandnerd.com. Hey, this is what we're going to do it this show. It sounds awful. It just sounds terrible. Everybody, Jordan says in the chat, everybody wants some rug boy in them. Everybody has a little comic book geek in them. And that's why we're here. Listener, this show is for you. This is what we do. This is the Jock and Nerd Weekly. We're live on Blab. We're going to discuss some geek news from the week. Not a lot. Small geek news section, unlike last week, where there was tons of shit going on. Then we're going to review three pretty big, awesome comic book TV shows that aired this week. The season two finale of The Flash... Uh, the season, what is that? Three, four. four finale of Arrow and the season premiere of Preacher on AMC. Following that, we got a little bit of comic book talk, which is something we haven't done in a while. We're going to be reviewing, discussing, talking about two books that came out that uh, I, there was a bunch of buzz. The main one being DC Rebirth. Number one, and then I want to talk about this Captain America thing a little bit, too. I, I have to just interject. I feel like the Cap thing got even more buzz than the DC thing. Yeah, it's pretty. There's a hashtag right now on Twitter. Dude, it's crazy, and I bought the issue, and I read it, and uh, we'll discuss that. And then at the end of the show, if you're here on the Blab, we'll open it up and Blab, geek out with you guys. We open up the fourth box, and of course, drop your fun, silly comments in the side, and we'll try to work them in, be a part of the conversation. Uh... With that being said, let's get to this week's news. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Uh, so uh, I meant to say before the news thing, but I'm just going to say it now. If you guys have seen X-Men Al Pac's, Al's Pack of Lips, I think that's the title. <laughs> X-Men Alpaca Alpacalypse. Uh, send us your thoughts. Send us a tweet or a speak pipe or some audio. What did you think? You, eventually, we will do a show about it. Yeah, we will throw it. We'd love to have some content for our X-Men Al's Pack of Lips review show, which uh, it's already out in the UK. And uh, by the time this show posts, it will have opened in the US. No, this show's already airing as we're Oh, it's actually show. on. It's Thursday. It's, Not show. The, the movie is movie out show, in the US. Yeah. I don't even know what the box office is doing. Whatever. Uh, it's Memorial Day weekend, the day before, you know, the weekend when we're recording this. So hope you guys had a good Memorial Day weekend in the U.S. First thing I want to talk about, last week we talked about Thor Ragnarok and how 
this crazy cast uh, has got to be really excited. It got all of us excited. You got your Jeff Goldblum's in there. You got your Carl Urban's. You got your Kate Blanchett's. But we neglected to mention possibly the most exciting thing about this Thor movie coming out next year. Is that it's going to be the next time we're going to see the Hulk. Geek brother. Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. I don't think we're going to see him until Thor Ragnarok. So I want to know what you guys think about some of these comments. Mark Ruffalo's come out. I guess he saw all the casting news and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys forget? I'm in this. Uh, He's pretty much, he's calling this a intergalactic buddy road movie. He said there's lots of banner in Thor. A lot more Hulk. He says the Hulk gets hulkier. The Hulk hulks out. Hulkier and bigger. Uh, and he also commented on Kate Blanchett playing Hela, saying she plays the worst of the worst, so evil. She is going to kill us. It's such a great part. She gets to play. Uh, this movie, I can't wait for this movie. It couldn't come sooner. What do you guys think? I'm looking forward to seeing the Hulk and Thor. I feel like he may even steal the show. Like, I feel like I'm going to go want to see this movie to see a Thor Hulk movie. And I, and do you think I, Hulk is going to talk, though? Ooh, that's the thing. Mm, that's why he's gonna be like a beast, or he's gonna be like a little bit more intelligent. He's gonna be able to say things. I'd like them. Then they mention. Then they talk about how they're gonna up his consciousness a little bit. I'd like for him to be able to make some thoughts. I think Hulk. that's that's the evolution in the characters is Hulk being a little bit smarter. Um, I'm excited for the movie. I knew we knew about the buddy cop thing. I think Ruffalo just decided to speak up, but we've known that Hulk was gonna be in this movie for a while, so. Should be interesting. Uh, they're kind of combining like a Thor Ragnarok storyline with like a Planet Hulk sort of thing. At least that's the vibe I'm getting with a buddy cop thing thrown in the middle. So I mean, you got the Grandmaster we'll who could set up like an arena. And then I think the next movie after this, isn't it Avengers Infinity no. War? No. No? There's another movie no. in between that? Because uh, this comes out next 2017, late 2017. Oh, you're not right. I have to, let me look at the. I'll look it up. Give me a second while you guys. Black Panther. It will be. Uh, when is Black Panther's coming out next summer? We still. Okay. So right, we here Do- we go. Yeah. Doctor Ready? Strange this year finishes out this year. Doctor Strange in November 2016. Okay. Next yeah. year. Guardians two May 5, May 2017. Okay. Spider Man Homecoming July 2017. Gotcha. Thor Ragnarok November 2017. Okay. Black Panther, oh. February 2018. Then you got your Inf- then, Avengers, Infinity uh, War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, and then Avengers, Infinity War Part 2. Why can't all of those be out already? How awesome does that sound? That whole, the storyline, the lineup, and the, and the like just the possibility of this thing moving forward through all these movies. Wow, that's awesome. That yeah, should be good. I love the future. Isn't the future great, everyone? I'm talking to people on screens. They're not even in the same room. Blah. No, I mean like the future with comic book movies coming out all the time. And Carlo, like every summer there's going to be some shit to watch. Ah, uh, dude, for for years to come. Uh, Carlos in the chat wants a summer. They're, they're spreading it out now over, like you got Doctor Strange in November. Like they're doing November releases, yeah. February releases. I love so that. I love the summer all all yeah. year round. Between that and, like, Netflix, oh, boy. Uh, Moving on to some uh, DC news. I guess we uh, got a confirmation on who the actual dead Robin in Batman versus Superman is. And it was revealed accidentally, I think, at a tour of the DC Universe exhibit. So there's a video. The video is gone right now in which tour guide John Coronas provided a live tour of the DC Universe exhibit. The exhibit. When he got to the Batman v Superman done justice portion of the exhibit, he revealed that Jason Todd is indeed the dead. Oh shit, Robin. 
Yeah, but how credible is this Corona guy? Well, this is a, a toy. This was one of the. He says this is one of the big things from the Batman v Superman. Right across this way, the Jason Todd Robin suit spray painted. Blah blah blah. Those of you who know the storyline, you know this happened to Robin. I mean, this guy is giving. Uh, well, that's a good. That's a good question. It's from the Warner Brothers Studio Tour Hollywood official. It's from the official Warner Brothers Hollywood page. So it's someone that works for Warner Brothers. Oh, but. He could have been wrong, but I think it's I, – I feel like it is. Now, for those of you who don't know, listener, back in 1989, DC decided to kill Jason Todd Robin and leave it up to – actually, they decided to leave it up to the reader via two 1-800 numbers, which was unheard of at the time, whether you wanted this, this Robin, who a lot of people didn't like, to live or die. Rogs, do you remember this? Yes, I do. Did you call the number? Yeah, and I voted for him to get killed. I believe I voted for him to get killed, too. And there was all this controversy. They think they had a bot calling the, the kill line <laughs> to, to edge it out. But ultimately, they killed uh, the Jason Todd. Joker killed him while he was looking that for his made, mom. That made Batman so much better because the Joker killed somebody that, you know, he was, he, was, uh, he was trained by Batman. And, you know, the whole thing was like uh, a normal person getting killed, you'd understand. But someone who Batman trained and was a partner with. To be killed by the Joker was crazy. But it was also so satisfying because he kind of deserved it because he was a little cocky asshole, this Jason Todd. Yeah, he he wouldn't big. listen. And uh, it was going to get him killed anyways. But, man, it was – I vividly remember reading that great art by Jim Aparo and the violent panels and the blood and the crowbar. It was awesome. Uh, next bit of news for Godzilla fans. You guys, let me know if this is significant at all to you. I found this article. It says Godzilla Returns finally coming to America. The long-awaited return of Godzilla is finally coming stateside to Blu-ray and DVD later this year. So this is a 1984 direct sequel to the original Godzilla called The Return of Godzilla. You, yeah, you can't get this in the, you can't get this on DVD. Oh, and it was never on DVD no, anyway. No, and and they're going to release the Japanese version. So is this – are you a collector of these things? Is this exciting to a collector that maybe wants Yeah, it? I'm going to definitely yeah, pick it up sure. because, first of all, uh, it, it was one of the better treatments of Godzilla. Uh, it brought in the high-size era, you know? So uh, it's a return to the original, like where Godzilla's evil. He comes out. He fucks everything up, and they have to try and fight him off with, like, their technology. There's no bad guy that he fights. There's no, you know, guy in suit battles kaiju battles Ooh. it's just the drama of this huge beast coming in and um they actually made in this movie a like 20 foot tall godzilla like with animatronics whoa but it didn't yeah. match the suit at all so when <laughs> nope. they cut from one thing to the other it looks so fucking weird but it's sad. still it, it, you know i uh i give him props to try Anthony, what do um, you think of this? What's, movie? what's cool about this, though, is um, you said it's the Japanese version. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys, well, I know Rugboy knew, but the Japanese version and the American version are somewhat different. The American Absolutely. version shoe, shoehorns in another Raymond Burr appearance. Oh, they were it's still doing that? Of, a lot of cuts to him, like sitting in, a, in like, the UN offices. There's also a big moment where this was in the midst of the Cold War. So in the Japanese version, the Russian sub a missile that or nuclear missile that lets Godzilla out or whatever, um, they're trying to stop it. But in the American version, they edit it so that the Russians actually launch the missile. 
And, uh, oh wow! So it's like very political. I think the, the Japanese version is obviously better. Um, it's more true to the story. It's not awkward with random ass cuts to Raymond Burr sitting around. So I like this. So that's it's, good. It's gonna be a while before it comes out, though, right? It says uh, Return of Godzilla releases North America on September thirteenth. Yeah, so it's still a couple months. Still away. a couple months. Oh, Carlos no. has a couple of observations in the chat. He says his toenail is the size of my house. That's correct. And uh, he says one speaks English, the other speaks English. It's also very accurate. Uh, but they said this is – it's taken so long. It's mostly because of bad contracts. Like you said, it was released and dubbed in English by Toho and there were stateside rights by New World Pictures and they folded and blah, 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 blah. So finally, the deal is done and Godzilla fans, uh, you're going to be happy. Yeah, you get, you get yeah. something to add to the collection that you don't have already. Absolutely. Now, gang, uh, let's move on to another uh, – some Marvel DC Disney uh, – sorry, Marvel and Disney news. Anthony, you still have the Netflix subscription, don't you? You got it because of Daredevil though, didn't you? That is correct. And I think a lot of people – I think a lot of people got Netflix because of Marvel properties. And now I think a lot of more people are going to want to get on the Netflix. Why? Because Netflix will have exclusive rights to all Disney movies – Starting in September. Oh, shit. Meaning that you're not going to see Disney, Marvel, Pixar, or Lucasfilms movies on HBO or your Showtime or your Hulu. Nowhere else except for the Netflix. Wow, that's a huge boon. That is a a huge get. That is a huge exclusive get. Not only will – I mean you got to imagine this is going to increase Netflix's numbers. This is – it's going to be like a household thing. Well, this is this combined with Netflix and chill movement that's going on. Is, is, gonna, that, is that still a thing? Yeah, it's, oh, a it's thing, totally so. a thing. It's totally a thing. It's now a it's going to be Netflix. Uh, you're going to be watching Captain America, and someone will be uh, polishing your shield at the same time. This is crazy. So the chain of events for films will now be theaters. Blu-ray and DVD, and then straight to Netflix. Geek boner. Ah, this gives Netflix an even tighter grip of the steering wheel of digital streaming services. That, you, you know that's what exciting. this is? You're, you know what this is? Is it's not the start, but it's again something I think I've said on the show. But it's the um, push toward the end of cable television, towards actual corded cable television, and. Uh, you know, we're going to have to stream HBO one place, stream, uh, you know, NBC another place, stream all these channels. Well, what, well, the only thing that's holding TV afloat is live sports. And possibly I know and, that, news, I know, and news. Eh, not really. Who no. really watch, who, who watches the fucking news? I mean, it is all fucking. Old people. Yeah, it's old all people. fucking It's the news of old people, dude. But I, I mean, sports. live sports. I know yeah. this. I know this pains you, Imran, because you think oh, fucking gaming is going to take I over live sports. But, um. That's the only thing that's keeping TV afloat right now. If, if I, I could foresee a, a future where we're just picking the channels we want that, yeah. to stream, and that's it. That, Millennials. Uh, that, yes. <laughs> People won't know <laughs> what it means to, like, change or what a well, remote control is or what it means to. Why do you, like, here's the thing. I mean, cable is so stupid. Like, why do we have that many channels when, like, more than half the channels no one watches? Like, I don't watch. pay this absurd because- cable bill. Because corporations, they just they're like right, fuck exactly. you, fuck but you, this, dudes. But this is the this is the wave, man. The the streaming where you get to pick what you want to watch when you want to watch it. That's that you know the days of looking at TV Guide and wondering when your fucking movie is going to come on are over. 
pretty much you can pretty I can you know even with this Comcast box I can talk to my remote and tell it to recommend me things play me things I think Apple TV sales are going to go through the roof because Apple TV is a great it's got all the streaming stations you can jump around and watch shit so this is crazy this is the future what a huge get for them uh so so now we have the Netflix of of uh, movie and TV we have another brand platform trying to become the Netflix of comic books. Uh, if you guys aren't aware of this Comixology app, it, these guys are kind of the first app that figured out how to serve digital rights, manage comic books, full page, uh, where you could get subscriptions. If you download the Marvel app or the DC or the Image app, you will see that it's all built on the same framework. Well, Comixology is launching an all-you-can-eat unlimited subscription service, so much like Netflix, $6 a month. You could read through thousands of comic books, all the back catalog. Rugs, would you do this? And is this the death of well, the printed You got to throw in, though, man. You, you got to throw in there's no DC or Marvel in this platform. Oh, that's uh, – it says it, it will gather back catalog offerings from Image, Boom, Image, IDW, Boom. Dark Horse, and other publishers under one batter. And that's because DC and Marvel are, conspic- are, are conspicuous in their absence. But the latter, they have these services. Marvel has Marvel Unlimited, which is similar. DC, their app sucks. They don't even give out – like Marvel at least was giving out free digital codes for each comic book. DC's got nothing. I, I like when you read the whole article on, on here. That's awesome. Man. Well, I'm saving the listener time. <laughs> they don't have to read anything. They could just hear me. Summarize, Break man. it down. Uh, so between though, between your Marvel app and this app, you can pretty much read anything. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. No? You still – I still – I mean I still – I want to go to the store – and, and see a weird guy and talk to him <laughs> and see other weird people. And it's fun. I don't want to just be sitting there in, in, in the vacuum of my basement and just fondling an iPad <laughs> and, uh, Shiny and, and not even owning anything. <laughs> I want to own my books. I want to store them. I want to fucking, you know, one day when uh, all the payoff from the sperm banks I visited, you know, my my legion of, of, of scions will, will inherit them. When all the and illegitimate run kids show yeah. up at once. I got I got two comments on this. One, it's not going to mean anything until they get Marvel or DC on board. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Image is big, but come on, you know, everyone thinks when you think of comics, you think of Marvel or DC. Um, two, I think uh, Rugboy. That kind of guy is is dying, man. That's not that's not the thing anymore. I no think, one's. I yeah. mean, people com, people go to comic book stores. Rugs, we're the old guard. Like you see, people. Yeah, that's why they started making vinyl again. Are well, but see, that's the thing. The record store hasn't completely gone away, but the video rental store has gone away. They're video two rental. similar models, but the record store is still around. They're still making vinyl. I you know I don't think they will the, stop well, look, making printed. Let books. me just throw this out there. The whole experience of buying a record and looking at the album cover art and flipping through it that and doesn't seeing exist. all the people still yearn for that. Yeah, and uh, these young kids are are getting into. It. You go to Brooklyn, there's fucking record stores everywhere. All right, there's like there's like and they're selling them everywhere. They yeah. sell them records in, in Urban Outfitters now and shit and record players. So there is a movement to preserve this shit, and I think the same will go for comic book stores. They're going to be boutique. They're going to be dying out 
but there's going to be the people who keep the the paper stuff afloat, and, well, and they're always going to yeah. be there. I mean, I have this coworker at work. He's in his early twenties. He he's a record collector. He likes buying rare vinyl, and like that's surprising for someone his age to still be into that. So we can Look keep it this. going. We keep it going. Your digital files are worthless. Yeah, they really are. They just all right. At least the comic book has a value to it, especially if check this out. The runs of comics used to be in the hundreds of thousands. Now they're into like the tens of thousands. Eventually, they're going to be 6,000 per run or 1,000 per run, and those things are going to be fucking rare. So if you're one of the guys that collects and wants it to be of value, you're going to you're gonna stick it out. Yeah, the largest run that just happened was Black Panther number one. It sold like 300,000, which is the biggest now, which in the 90s, they were selling millions. Now, 300,000 is very good, and that's what uh, Black Panther sold out issue one. So I'll just say, too, man, though, that and we the comic book shop we go to, what? Yeah. Maybe twenty percent of their business is comics. It's comics, man. It's I, I personally like enjoy going in and getting a physical copy, but it's not the thing anymore, man. It, I, it's it's not this the the wave is digital, especially if there's all you know these subscription services. I, I don't see I don't see the the comic book store. I it sure it'll, like it'll last in some form, but it's not gonna. It's never gonna be like a thing anymore. It's not gonna you know people people equate the. You've got people watching the movies and thinking that the movies, yeah, like they don't even they don't even realize that the source material is comic. They know comics exist, but they just watch the movies, and like, then they you know. go see the comics and they're like, "Why don't they make the comics more like the movies?" And it's just completely right. backwards. Jordan says her uh, her husband Peyton loves vinyl. He's they got a record player and vinyl records right behind them right now, and they're millennials. So, rugs, it's gonna be up to us to keep uh, uh, spending money at the comic book store. Keep it going. <laughs> Yeah, there's always going to be some hipster people that are going to, like, do oh, it. Yeah. They think it's cool, you know? So it's like, you know. It is kind of a hipstery thing, but it's it also, uh, you know, if you're into quality art, meaning vinyl and comic books, and you want to hold it, you want to collect it, that's what you got to do. Finally, I got one last bit of news, which is a little bit confusing. I feel like with all the DC Rebirth shit, Marvel's like, we have to do something. And Marvel Comics has officially announced Marvel Now. With an exclamation mark, a publishing initiative kicking off in fall of 2016. Uh, didn't they just do this uh, all new, all different, uh, just like a little while ago and re kind of reboot stuff? I'm they should have called it Marvel again. It's Marvel all new again now and again. Yeah. Uh, it, fe- it features titles spinning out of the events of Civil War 2. So, I don't know. This like Civil War 2 just started. And they're like, oh, this is the next thing before letting even anything settle in. It's a little nuts. Anthony, what you do you know, think about this? You know, I, I I mean, they're doing another, not reboot, but just another time to jump off. And uh, someone on like Birth Movies Death commented on comics, which I actually kind of agree with, is that you could literally go through time and like relabel every time a new artist or new uh, writer jumped on as a number one issue. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, Although these are, it's all canon. It really is separate stories and different interpretations of these characters each time a new writer gets on there. So if you look at it like that, like uh, it, to me, it doesn't matter. It's they've, just, they've rebranded right. so many times yeah. that like it, it's a number. It's just a new. It's a new story arc at this point. But now they're making such a big deal out of every time. But you're right. It's like a story arc that had a certain set of writers and artists, and it would last. Sometimes it lasts a year. Sometimes it lasts three uh, issues. But it's their take I on the I do remember thing. them doing a Marvel Now. Didn't they do this wow. already? Yeah. yeah, they did that. Because we and you were joking at the comic book store, like, why don't they call it Marvel Now, Wow, and How? I don't think like, that one had an exclamation mark. 
That's oh, uh, right. that's lame. That, makes- that was the difference. Rugs, what are your thoughts on this? I think they already did it. They did this. I don't understand. I just feel like they were feeling left out with all this deep rebirth coming out this week. They're like, no, we'll do I, it now. I stopped. The, I stopped collecting superhero comics, but I really were like, when I saw the all new, different, all new everything, yeah. and, I, and I saw like everybody was different. I was like, okay, uh, I guess I'm stopping now. This is there's no way I'm going back. So they're just pushing me further away. That's funny because uh, they're trying to get you back. Yeah, because all of this is supposed to entice people, and uh, it doesn't seem to be working. Domcan2 is back in the comments. One of our favorite chat commenters on the blab. He's hilarious. And uh, just talking about comic book stories, he says, It's an amazing feeling, lucky finding a number one issue while rummaging through a store. Yes, that's one of the beauties of going to a comic book store, finding... But Marvel and DC are both diluting that by releasing number one issues every year. Sometimes, of, of several times title. a year. Not sometimes, well, actually, multiple you know times. you know what they're doing? DC's releasing and Marvel are, are now releasing number two issues. Number two as in shit! <laughs> number deuce! Hey, that's the perfect segue. Let's get to the shows. The Jordan and Ned Podcast. Oh, Dom Cantu says, I love this show. I love you, Dom Cantu. Uh, here's your spoiler alert. Prepare to be spoiled. All right, gang, we're going to discuss the season two season finale of CW's tentpole DC show, The Flash, titled Race of His Life. Uh, and I would, th- I would say right now, this is, out of all the shows, this is the shining show, at least this season. Probably the better, the best one. You guys agree? Uh, Overall, I would say it's the best one of all the comic book shows we've yeah, watched. Yes. Besides, let's throw out Daredevil because Daredevil. Oh yeah, that, that's a different beast. I'm talking about network TV. But it was the best, but I mean, just getting into this show, this episode, and this season, I think season one was better. Mm-hmm. I think season two, the show where it's this race to save time with Barry and all that stuff. I think this season kind of ended. The last five minutes were like, oh, shit, what just happened? But the lead up to that was kind of underwhelming. I'll agree. Halfway through the episode, I'm like, this is the finale? Where's this going? What is going on? And it didn't seem to be going anywhere. And, uh, you know, it starts off right where the last episode ends. You see Henry Allen die. They they run and they chase and they fight. And you you see a hint of another Zoom. And Barry's about to vibrate fucking Zoom when another Zoom comes up and kills the Zoom. Oh, shit. And it's a time remnant. And he's like, you're not ready yet, Barry. Almost. And I was like, what the shit is going on? Uh, Rugs, what do you think about this? Basically, Zoom's like, I just want to know who's the fastest. We're going to race. I was kind of like, I don't know. I was confused by what they were trying to do because you have Zoom basically training Barry how to beat him. Yeah, the plan was kind of confusing. Like, it comes down to a yeah. race, but the real plan was he's got this uh, Ma- Magnetar, not Megatron. I was going to say Megatron. Something called a Magnetar that's going to shoot a pulse and uh, destroy all other Earths except for this main one, which I guess is the central Earth that's fixed to all the other ones. So the to charge this thing, they have to run 500 laps inside it. But for Barry... To beat Zoom, he has to run faster than Zoom 
meaning he has to charge the thing quicker. I that uh, yeah, they, I, it was convoluted. It, they never really explained how Barry winning was going to actually change the outcome of the Magnetars. Dom Cantu has a good question. I, I wonder how Zoom convinces himself to die so many times. Oh, shit. Dude, he's talked himself into dying like three times on the show over and over again. At least, yeah. And, uh, and I don't know if you guys mentioned this. I had to go pee, so for the listener, that's why I didn't. Oh, you were I gone? Paying attention. Yeah, I was gone. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I, hated, I hated that they, this race thing, like, it didn't, I know uh, that they, they're, they're hinting, they were like, it's supposed to be an homage to like the first time Barry raced like one of his own selves, but the fact that they uh, framed this as a race was I mean, so it, stupid. It did the whole Zoom awesome Zoom storyline did come down to a race, but the other thing that also confused me in the writing were the bits where Zoom is telling them, "I'm going to kill every other multi Earth multiverse Earth except for this one because this is the central," and then he's like, "Say your goodbyes," and I'm like. Wait, you got, they shouldn't have to worry. This doesn't affect them. He just said, this earth is fine. <laughs> He's going to well, kill even, every even other. Even bigger than that, though, like this whole d- destroying multiverse, he had like one line where he said that, but they didn't really build up that this was his grand plan. So it kind of just felt shoehorned in there like, oh, wait, now he wants to destroy every universe yeah. with this magnetar thing. But like without any buildup, it just felt like, wait, wait where the hell did this come well, Wait a minute. You're forgetting that. Zoom takes Barry's speed. Yes. And now all of a sudden he needs Barry's speed to get this thing. So he completely undid the whole point of of what his grand plan was going to be by taking away his powers. So this is bullshit. Oh, Dom Cam 2 said he told them goodbye because he was going to kill them all anyways. Yeah, I guess that's true. No, I'll agree. The last third of the season, it felt like they were just kind of making up one world-ending thing after another. And there wasn't really any buildup to all of a sudden this Magnetar device race thing out of nowhere, really. Uh, I've read a few reviews, too, where um, Barry, like, at the end of that one episode where he seems coked out and, like, really happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, he speed forced like, up. He snorted like they, the speed force. They immediately undid all that stuff by giving him more tragedy and, like, taking away, like, his happiness. Like, I've seen a couple of reviews where, like, it should have ended with him being just, like, at a new place where he's at peace with everything. He's at peace with like his parents being dead or whatever. Yeah. They totally just brought him back to like that painful barrier that we had in season one. That whole, now now he's just mourning over his dad's death. I mean that whole Kevin Smith, him inside the speed force episode. They just undid all of that. What was all that emotion and heart for? If you're just going to undo it. Now, what I did like is the there were stupid decisions in this episode, but the characters made stupid decisions, and I appreciated that. One stupid decision being, we're going to lock up the Flash, and Barry gets a taste of what it's like to be in a toiletless cell. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, Actually, I'll disagree with you. So it's okay. I'll disagree with okay. you. I don't think that is a stupid decision, because Barry was extremely emotional, and as evidenced by the fucking ending of the show, where he does something extremely Ooh, that's stupid. That's true. Maybe, maybe they, he yeah. should have been locked up the whole fucking time, which again points to... <laughs> Maybe why I think this episode was a bit flawed because Barry was just acting like a punk bitch the entire time. And you almost root for him, especially when you see what he does at the end, to be like, wait a minute, they should have locked his ass up. Like, it goes against the title of the show. It's called The Fucking Flash, yet you want to see, at the end of the day, you, he should have been locked up in that fucking cell. Yeah, like the whole episode. Dom Cantu says, I like the little boy pout he did when he was sitting in the cell. <laughs> that was good. So, look, the team tries to get Jay 
And uh, they uh, they kind of are successful, but they end up blasting Joe and Zoom back. And then this part I didn't understand either. They they seem to have given up on Joe. They're like, no, the plan was we're going to blow him back to Earth 2 and we're never opening the breaches again. And I was like, really? He's just going to fucking... Yeah, that makes sense. And, and then uh, Vibe has the vibe about the Earth 2 being exploded. Yes, and right. Zoom tells Joe about the man in the mask. That he's a speedster from another Earth. He's I the told real, you what this was. Yeah. yeah he's the real out. Jay Garrick. But they don't yep. show us yet. He's like, I want to collect this Flash because I want a Flash from two worlds. So, like, Zoom's, there's no motivation for Zoom. He's all over the place. He wants to collect two Flashes. He wants to blow every other thing up. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, he wants to show Barry that he's just like him. Yeah, he wants them to be the same. Like, which one is it? Uh, so, I did, though, like the, the emotion part where Barry, they finally are like, okay, we're going to need Barry's help. And Barry's like, I'm going to go save your dad. And then Wally's like, you're going to save our dad. And I was just like, go kick his ass. I was like, all right. So the rules of this stupid race, like I said, 500 laps to charge this thing, to shoot into the, into the multiverse. But for Barry to stop him, he actually has to run faster to charge it more. Didn't make any sense. I didn't understand the rules of the race. But Barry learns how to make a time remnant. When did he do this? How did this happen? Yeah, I guess mean, when did he do this? It's it just I mean you need a fucking explanation and when he like, learned how to do this, he's seen someone else do it. But okay, so then another time remnant shows up, saves Joe, it sacrifices himself to destroy the thingy. And then what did you think of how they dispatched the Zoom? I thought that I kinda like this. Cause uh it 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 brought about the speed force wrath. Basically, Barry can't kill Zoom and Zoom's calling him out, but he doesn't have to. Two time wraiths come through. And they're pissed because every time you fuck with it, you make a remnant, I guess. It attracts them. You mess with the speed force and they grab Zoom. And they kind of like – he starts aging and, and getting grotesque, kind of like the Black Flash from the comic books or yeah. like uh, – you know, that Blackest was interesting. Night. What's it? What is it, anything? Blackest Night almost. The, yes, the Blackest Night. And then they fly off with him and take him. And I just imagine some kind of scene from like the end of Pulp Fiction where uh, Wallace is uh, – the tables are turned and he's got the rednecks – you know, that's right. You know that scene? This is what I picture where he's like, we're going to get a couple of pipe hitting time rights and take care of Mr. J. Uh, so we may see him again. Maybe not. He's somewhere in limbo. But that's not. He might he, yeah, at least so they left that kind of open ended. Do, do you want our comments or do you want to just narrate the entire episode? Well, what'd you think of that part? <laughs> and Rugby, what'd you think? Well, I want to talk about the last scene. Okay, well, we find the big reveal. So I'll finish up. Okay, my I'll, just, I'll just just say right, real quick. I, I I don't like the time remnant stuff at all because it just cheapens. Like it, it was supposed to be this big sacrifice, like Flash killed himself. But when it's a time remnant, it's like it loses. I don't know. The, the stakes aren't as high when you know there's multiple people that can die and and, and really nothing changes. It's so convenient too, and they used it yeah, twice. It's very convenient. Does Flash do this a lot in the comics? I don't know. I don't. I've never. So. I don't know because I've it's, never heard of the time remnant. No, thing. it's too easy of a, a gimmick to fucking a pull. Easy like, I would use it all the time if I could just make other guys. Okay, so finishing up my recap, uh, Barry explains he ran back in time to get time remnant. I love the part where they unmask the guy, and it's John Wesley Shipp as Henry Allen's Earth 2 doppelganger, or Earth 3, the real Jay Garrick, and you get to see John Wesley Shipp in a Flash costume That's right. again. 
I called that last week, by the way. That's awesome. Nice. 20 years later. And he, I guess he's from Earth 3, and they're going to go. Wells and Jesse are going back to Earth 2, and uh, he's going to go. So Barry, like, loses his dad sort of twice. And at the end, this is the most fucked up part. This is Barry being another fucking uh, emotional idiot. You know, he doesn't want to, like, I kind of like where he's like, Iris, that last episode, he went to Iris, he's like, let's give this a shot. We could do this. And now he's like, I, I can't, I can't do this. I got shit to do. I don't want to, and she's like, look, I'll be here. Do what you want. And he's like, I'm sorry, but I have to do this. This yeah. being going back and saving his fucking mom from dying. He reverses what he does. He sees himself in the past and the past disappears. It's past self. Oh, shit. Barry has just Fucked up the whole timeline from the beginning of the show, probably, and more. Twenty years. That got me. That got me super. I was like, "Holy shit! This changes everything." What are they gonna do? What do you guys think? It was a ballsy move. I'll say that. Very ballsy. It was. What do we? What else you got, Rug Boy, on that moment? Because you you'd said you wanted to talk about it. Well, you know the the big reveal at the end was you know obviously who was in the Iron Mask, which we found out, and yeah. that. That he went back in time and, you know, fixed things. Now, we don't know what se- the next season's going to be. We might have a whole different Flash. And uh, yeah. I'm excited about that, at least. Because yeah. maybe we could get... Because a lot of the shit that was weighing it down, I know a lot of you think that the emotional impact and everything, I thought it was too much like Spider-Man, too much like guilt-ridden Flash, you know? Yeah. So maybe we're going to get the more... We got a taste of him, the confident Flash, the confident, like, you know, optimistic Flash. You know, I would like to see that. I would say, though, in, in counterpoint to what you said, Rugboy, um, yes, this was a holy shit moment. And I do think we're getting, as Dom Can 2 says, season three will be like Flashpoint Paradox adaptation, which could be very cool um, and could affect not only this show, but other shows if they're going to do alternate reality stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking for uh, happier Barry, I think this was the wrong choice because immediately he goes and saves his mom and he sees his old self die. So again, he's going to be fucking guilty about this shit because he's going to be like, holy shit, I just changed the exact the entire timeline. So I think you're going to get even more angst ridden Barry next season, which I don't know if I'm into that. Technically, the Can minute- I just jump in right here? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off Imran, but what do you think if this reset that he does actually is the catalyst for Laura Lance coming back, Supergirl coming into the fold, Legends of Tomorrow rebooting? They could use this to fix Arrow also. There's a yeah. lot of potential. First of all, though, the minute he saved yeah, I his like mom. It. I, like, I like it, Rogue Boy. That's the, a decent We're going to get back to that because I have a thought. But that's too smart for them to do. It is, but I have a thought of what they could do. But the minute he saved his mom, wouldn't that mean that he never became the Flash? And wouldn't he just disappear right there? No, the accident would happen regardless. I mean, Wells would always come and build the stupid shit. I guess. Wait, say that. Wait. So. Wait, say that one more time. Everybody. The minute he <laughs> saved his mom, yeah. it should mean that he never even becomes the Flash. If the other Flash disappears, well, maybe that means he does become the Flash. I would think that him himself would disappear right there and it would change because he's just changed the timeline. Maybe, but there's also, well, but they removed, this is so, like, this doesn't even <laughs> exist, but they removed the his kid self from this situation. Oh, right. So that, you grow up to be this self that comes back in time and saves his mom. 
which that happened. Oh, geez. Oh, it's a time loop. Because remember, <laughs> another Barry, you know, moved his kid self. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yet a third Barry. That was a third no, Barry. There was four. Oh, there was situation. fucking four of them. Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, Dom Cantu says, we also may get Black, Black Flash. Like we said, did you notice Zoom's logo turn red? Now, what if they do Flashpoint Paradox? And to fix Arrow, maybe, instead of Thomas Wayne becoming Batman, they do a thing where Oliver Queen's dad becomes the Arrow or some shit or – it affects that universe, which brings Laurel back. And then in Legends of Tomorrow, you could just undo all of it. And then it brings Supergirl into this universe. Dude, they could – between this and how they left Arrow this season you could, and Legends, you could change everything. Like all four of these shows could have a nice restart and uh, tighten everything together. I, I could see definitely the Supergirl connection. I mean the other two are, are plausible as well, but Supergirl needs an explanation on why it's going to be in this main universe. And I think that – could definitely explain it. Dom can too. He has another idea. What if part of the paradox, they do an injustice angle too, and Supergirl becomes the big bad in the altered universe. Oh, I would love to see more of the red kryptonite Kara. Rug, Rug boy, are you familiar with uh, the flashpoint paradox storyline? I, I read it okay. and I, uh, I saw the movie and I don't remember anything. What's also interesting it's, that they did this is that rebirth, uh, it, right. it relies heavily on Flashpoint, and that's why it's kind of awesome. So this is a very Flashpoint cool. is the the storyline of again Barry saving him, stopping himself from killing or stopping himself from saving his own mom because it creates an alternate universe, and it's actually the catalyst for the new Fifty Two in DC Comics, or so, so we thought. And well, then they dun, dun, dun. What's that? It was yeah. What's that, Rugby? Well, they they kiboshed the New Fifty Two, but like, yeah. yeah, they used it as the starting point, the jumping point to change everything. You know, you had the Wonder Woman in armor, you had Batman's dad being Batman, and yeah. I don't remember the rest of the stuff. Cause I didn't read Aquaman, it was like Aqua, it was like Atlantis versus Themyscira. Lots yeah. of shit. Tom, Martha Wayne was the Joker. Oh, it was great, yeah. and they had all these spinoff, and then so then he used to go back, reverse it, causes a flash point, and creates the New Fifty Two. Now, that's a lot. I mean, they've done so many things on this show from the comic books. Like, I'm, I'm just excited to see what they do next. It's almost like too much. I was like, you're going to do Flashpoint now? Then what? Where do you go from there? You know, it's like they're doing everything, but it's kind of fun. So, I don't know. That's I'm just cool. along for the ride, man. I don't think about where they're going to go. No, and like, you know what? I, I, I don't worry. I, it's not our job to worry about, well, where are you going to take it after you do that? Yeah, just take me there. Just yeah. take it. Let's just take go along on the ride. So this episode, I liked uh, the the last half, the end, the first half. I was like, where where is this going? And then, uh, good way they, uh, I think they wrapped it up quite nicely for the season. I feel like it. it it's pretty much like every other good episode of Flash, or I'm not good is a strong word. Uh, entertaining episode of Flash. It's like it's got the drama. It's got the decent acting. It's got enough action and and mystery to keep you going. And then a but good. A, you're still sitting there scratching your head and going, "What the fuck did I just see?" You know, they gave you your cliffhanger season ending. No, you did. Which is what I you don't want. think. They, I don't think they do a good job. And this might be just in general for CW shows, but especially in this one, I don't think they did a good enough job of making the Flash versus Zoom that conflict epic enough yeah, for this. Yeah, I didn't feel like just the whole the fact that they labeled it as a race really just. Um, I mean, values the situation like it's it's 
they call it a race. It's not a fucking race. It's a fight against two people that hate each other at this point. It's not a race. But the show <laughs> is about a guy who runs fast. I mean, Look, so, you know, you got to have a, a race. There, and, and this is across the board. There's a problem with the writing. They do things that are so heavy-handed and so unnecessary that make cheapens everything. For example, I mean, we could talk about Arrow later, but in Arrow this week, there was so many writing just, why would you say it like that? Okay. (laughs) They could have easily made it more palatable if they just said, hey, uh, Flash, Zoom, I'm Zoom. I'm I'm talking as Zoom now. Hey, Flash, you're going to help me destroy these other worlds. And if you don't, I'm going to kill everybody on this world. And then that would have made more sense instead of I'm going to race you to see who's fastest. You know, right. that would have just made more sense. Zoom just was like a crazy psychotic. It was all over the place. Uh, what do you guys think of the season overall? And uh, will you be returning for season three? Yeah, man. Why not? I, what I, am, I am also in. I do think, like you said, Imran, this was the best of, if I may say, a pretty shitty season of comic book TV. Yeah, but yeah. This was the best, and there were a lot of good moments. It had a lot more ups and downs than I think the first season, and uh, I think they were struggling with, um, you know, extending this plot out for a whole season. But there are enough good moments, and I, and I still quite enjoy the acting. I like the emotional stuff, so um, I think it's. I, I'm going to give it another season, of course. Yeah, I'll plus I have to, right? Well, I mean, I'm fucking I mean, reviewing the show weekly. It's the fucking Flash, man. Look, yeah. I, no, like you said, it's the fucking Flash. They have fun, and the cast is the cast is amazing. They have amazing chemistry. I was kind of the, the Zoom. The beginning of Zoom was so awesome, so awesome, and yeah, I just I was disappointed out. how it petered out and how. But I appreciate that you gave me that awesome cliffhanger ending, which uh, ties it back. You know, to the end of the first season. You're right. The first season was very strong. But, again, 24 episodes or 23. Yeah, it's fatigue. It's all going to be fucking great. Character. Yeah. It, but, is a, it is a good cliffhanger. It is one of those cliffhangers that's like, all right, I really got to see what the fuck's going on in season three. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we need to see more of just Barry being a straight up hero. Like, let's do some more heroing and let's fucking, oh, I'm happy. I'm not happy. I'm this and I'm back. I'm this. And everyone's uh, too cocky. I don't know. All right. Yeah, he's got to tap that too. He's got to. Well, I did like that they kissed for real this time in a timeline that wasn't erased. So he's kissed her twice. Once only he remembers. <laughs> and the second time, it was a legit kiss there at the end with Iris. So mm-hmm. we'll see where that goes. And you got your Wally West, and maybe I don't know if those, those guys are going to come back. If Wells and them, we're going to see them again. I can't wait. Season three, I'll be there. Let's get to the next show. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, listen, isn't this fucking shit awesome? Would it be great if someone actually like liked it enough to actually maybe support us? How about that, Imran? Did you ever think about that for one second? Well, look, listener, if you like what you're hearing so far, we do have a way for you to support us. And how the fuck do they do that? Go on to jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, or you can go on to patreon.com slash jockandnerd, which is our virtual tip jar. It works both ways. Listener, support us for any amount. You're going to get access to awesome bonus content. Rugs has got mini episodes, instant reactions to movies, more geeky audio than you can shake a geek stick at. Or a geek stick at. Oh, boy. Oh, shit. <laughs> so go on to patreon.com slash jockandnerd and donate today. In a world 
Vault, where so many podcasts offer TV and movie news. Along comes another one, filled to the brim with podcasty goodness, that is only slightly better at best. Admit it, you're always looking for a new brand of meaningless movie nonsense in your podcast diet. Look for the 365 Flicks podcast on Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher, and all good third-party podcast apps. You can also swing by the Facebook page. Come join in on the adventures of Kev, a pissy ex-video store clerk. And Chris, a Scottish Whedon Hall. We're your vocal heroes of pissy opinion. We bring you all the latest TV and movie news reviews and general geeky rants. As well as a bunch of top fives that you really won't care about. So whether you're Team Iron Man or Team Cap, you're Team Batman or Team Superman, drop on by the 365 Flex Podcast, where the Chris vs. Kev Civil War never stops. This is the podcast you're looking for. Doc and Nerd Zap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Okay, this one is kind of the complete opposite of the last show. Uh, in that no cliffhanger ending, and the writing is a little bit all over the place. This is the season finale of season four of Arrow, titled Schism. I got a schism. <laughs> you guys know what a schism? Well, Felicity defines what the schism is. Well. So it's like, you got a schism. I like saying well, that I think word. Like- I, I think it's weird. <laughs> When you're skin on your own jizz. <laughs> you're skin, you're jizzum. You're jizz- it sounds like a dirty word. Yeah. I got schism all over me. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I have a schism coming on. <laughs> Top Cantu sounds like a bad board game. Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah. So, a row, uh, again, starts right where the last episode ended. Oh, here we go. And then stuff happens. What do you guys think? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Beautiful, Imran. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Let's just get into this fucking... Okay, let boo. me try and... I don't even know if I remember this episode. You give much, us the recap, you, Rugs. Okay, you start out with Damien Dark busting in on Felicity's apartment with his with her mom there and, and Mr. Terrific chilling over there. Yeah. And Dark starts uh, kicking ass. Arrow comes in, you know, tries to fuck with him, and he's so powerful because all these people just died from this explosion and yep. all that stuff. Oliver can't even fuck with him at this point. So, uh, except Thea, Thea, badass is like, I'll kill your daughter. Like, yeah, she, she rolls up and she rolls to up kill. and she's like, I'll kill your daughter, and, bitch. And that sends uh, Dark running for the moment. He yeah. like disappears like ninja style, and they get now that gives time for the crew to formulate a plan. And the plan is to somehow use cyber hacky thing to find where everything is and stop the missiles. Am I missing something? Anthony? Yeah, they, they, uh, no, they, they track the laptop down to an empty thing and it lights up and all of a sudden 15,000 ballistic missiles are launched at once by dark. Cause he's got the Rubicon codes. And then they find out that the fastest missile that's going to hit something first, of course, is going to hit Starling city. Of course. So what does Ollie do? What is his big plan? He what, he gets on top of a car yeah. and makes a fucking speech. Lame. Oh shit! <laughs> yes, that's the plan. What and is he saying? This rally everyone into a frenzy. And how many fucking times does every character mention this speech? <laughs> that speech was great. Oliver like, Queen is a hell of a speech maker. Look, Oliver goes. I need your hope, people. More hope. Get your hope on, people. Hope it up. We need hope. We get it. Did you can feel I, the can, hair on the back of your neck stand up 
Yeah. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. That speech would oh, not motivate it, me to fucking take a shit. Can, can, can I jump in right here? This yeah. is one of my comments already on yeah. this, so the speech because it's supposed to be this epic moment or whatever. I think they, um, the air, the writer, the writers of air, I know what they were trying to do. They're trying to raise the stakes because every season is about those city fucking being burned down. So they were trying to raise the stakes. Well, now this is about the world. But I think some conflicts and some stakes are too big for the character. And this is one of them. Like Ali's character, at the end of the day, it's a guy with a bow and arrow. He's not going to save the world from being exploded by nukes, regardless of the fucking team he has. Like it should never get that big. It should never be world ending stakes for a guy like Arrow. He's a street level hero. Yeah. And his his solution to everything is either let Felicity figure it out through <laughs> some deus ex machina or punch someone harder. Yeah. So you can't do that when it's when it comes to nuclear bombs being exploded. So I think that's why the speech falls flat is number one, this nuke conveniently gets disarmed. So but if it doesn't get disarmed, this speech rallies no fucking asshole in real world real time because everyone's gonna die anyway. So no no speech pointless. will ever rally anybody. Yeah, it's pointless. But second, it's the stakes are just too high for someone that's that street level. It's like fifteen thousand like nuclear missiles? Are you right, fucking kidding me? Imagine like if Marvel had like Black Widow and Hawkeye like saving the universe from something. Like that's not gonna like, happen because these characters are just human. Like even Superman would probably shit his pants just yeah. a little bit at the the thought of having to stop fifteen thousand missiles. That's fucking right. ridiculous. So Carlos asks, why didn't he call the Flash? Good question number one. Uh, nitpicky thing number two. When Felicity, that first uh, one that's coming towards Star City, she hacks the DPS, it just flies off. Where the fuck right. is it going? Where it's going to explode oh, somewhere. There is no resolution to what happens to any of the nukes. No, I'll it's tell you what happens. Away. There's one line. They inverted the horizons on the GPS so they would explode in space. Lame. And there was never even a shot of that. Right. It's like, okay, they went by my... Show that shit. But here's the real problem. They, It's this magic. They, The reason he needed this speech about hope is they wrote themselves into a hole with this magic thing, setting up that white magic. Hope will fight dark magic. Right. And the whole time they're like, I need more hope. Who's going to give me hope? Hope will fight this thing. Felicity, you always had the hope. Come on, city. I need your hope. And it's so lame when they actually fight because the hope like weakens him, I guess. But yeah. they weakens him enough to it's like a, a fist fight and that was I didn't like they, that. I didn't like it either. Because they were they were trying to recreate that Dark Knight thing where it's the people fighting against an army and they had that shot. But this is the second time too where because if you remember season two, which is the best season of Arrow. Yes, they were trying to recreate they, that thing. Well well no 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 I'm not getting at that. I'm no. trying to say remember um slade gets hit with like the mirakuru serum yeah and it's just a fight between two men yeah so they've already done this where it's just a fight between they depower the person in yeah. the last episode so it's a fight between two men if you're gonna go fucking magic at least have the guy the villain stay on his magic course and either give ollie some magic or have him come up with a clever way to disarm the guy while he's still fucking powerful Don't I, I, level yeah. it down to a fist fight what uh, look i, yeah, I, I thought that that depowering dark really hurt the whole thing. I love yeah. how dark calls the, the crowd out. Cause I was thinking the same thing, this a crowd of people that rallies behind Oliver, they were just looting and fucking riding in the city. Just like minutes ago, they trashed the city. And now all of a sudden they're all fucking united and they want to fight. What the fuck? The crowd yeah. of hope. It was a crowd of hope. So what did you think of how the ending where, He's got Dark. Oliver has him, and Dark's like, you can't kill me. And he goes through and gives him the reason. 
He goes, with Slade Wilson, I had a choice. You killed Laurel. You killed tens of thousands of people. I don't have a choice. And right there, in front of everyone, fucking kills Damien Dark Dead. I mean, I, I, it had to happen. I, yeah, well, he was, it was good over evil. Yeah. I mean, it's a simple... It's, he had to it's, die because to give the city hope is what they Absolutely. So, you buy, I mean, you I, buy I, I that? I problem with it. The guy, the guy is, was... Uh, I mean, a piece of shit throughout the whole season. He deserved I love Neil McDonough. I thought he did a he great job. It's just the writing was fucking all over the place. I did like Merlin showing up on their side finally. And uh, I mean, the arrow. Well, how many times is that going to happen? Like, I know. Merlin, they did in season two, they did that. <laughs> they should still three. kill him. Like, he knows. Merlin, <laughs> Merlin always, you know, like has these weird, like it's getting redundant because yeah. Merlin always like gets evil and then comes back to Ollie's side and like. It's you can do you can pull that string in one season where the bad guy helps you out. And now, you can't pull yeah. that string three two seasons in a row. Well, now I, I agree with Anthony a lot. I think these writers are they're going way too far with with Arrow and taking him way out of his context. And you you could see it. It's it's very bad for the show. It really is. And they're making the same mistakes over and over again. Yes. They're doing they're repeating the same things that nobody likes over and over again. I mean, I think they had to. Uh... I think they hear the complaints and they kind of had to cut their losses for this season and just end it the way they did. But Dom Cantu said it reminded him of Superman 2 movie where the crowd tied up helping Superman. Also in Spider-Man where uh, New York's behind Spidey kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a trope. Yeah, yeah. it's a total trope. trope. So well, it's also spo- supposed to like, you know, Ali in the comics becomes a man of the people. He's like this libertarian that like works, you know, that's they're, they're trying to get to this point where you social issues and what's right. not like his history, his legacy. So the wrap up the last bit of the episode, Lance and Donna are leaving town. Thea needs a break. She's out. Diggle needs time away. He's out. Uh, while Oliver's at the grave, he gets a call from the city council. They want him to be mayor. They swear him in. He's mayor. Uh, and it's just down to Felicity and Oliver in a trashed arrow cave. That's where. Can I, can I, can I comment on this? Because yeah. I have a really strong opinion on okay. this. Okay. All right, so two episodes, me and Rugboy, I think both brought up, and it would happened. Felicity is responsible for killing 10,000 people, right? And we were like, she should have a ton of emotional baggage for this, right? Yeah. Well, she is basically like the coolest, calmest person throughout this entire episode. <laughs> I know. She is joking around. If anyone is to fucking quit Arrow, Team Arrow, it should be her because she is indirectly responsible for tens of thousands of people dying they don't address this at all instead they have every other surrounding character quit the team because of their own issues about what they've done in the past but not of what the person that has done the worst of anybody has done it makes no fucking sense and i this that is the thing that pissed me off the most about this episode is in two episodes they have not acknowledged the emotional fallout of someone killing 10,000 people. Well, look, accident. in her defense, she didn't kill tens of thousands so much as but, avoid but you, killing millions. But do you think, let you know, the greater good, yes, there's the greater good thing, but you don't think any sane person... Oh, that would send you into a traumatic but, fucking nightmare. Yes. <laughs> that would make done. you a basket case. Be like, I did what? Right. Uh, You'd be done. But yet... Maybe she feels redeemed that she saved a million people or billions of people. Yeah, but I, that doesn't ring true to me in that Diggle but, and, like, and Thea feel bad about threatening, like, letting one or two people die. Yet Thea <laughs> feels really not sad about 10,000 people dying. No, no, I'm saying, okay, look, obviously she she has the weight of the world that 
that she killed those 10,000 people inadvertently. Okay. We understand that. And there should have been a scene where somebody like Ollie or somebody says, Hey, I know you're down on this, but look at what you did. And then try and make her feel better knowing that she saved everybody and kind of look to that instead of, you know, but they never even had no, that. That, yeah. that would have helped. That's my point. Yeah. That's my point. Cause they never like they, that, that episode ended with her like quivering, like her crying. And then ever since they've never acknowledged that, you know, that they've never even brought that up. Like she, she killed these many people <laughs> yet. They, yet they want to bring up these other characters and that they have this terrible history yet. Like, I don't know. It just, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me at all. I mean, yeah. this is a world where, like, Carlos is right in the chat. He goes, meanwhile, the Flash lost his mom. This is a world where people lose their parents and they can't get over it. And Felicity just can't be bothered with, uh, you know, I don't, Haverbrook. What was that town called? Uh, I, yeah. I, I did appreciate the way it ended because I'm glad they didn't give us a cliffhanger. I no felt cliffhanger, it was a yeah. nice, hard cut we can now just we can do what we can make this better next season. Real quick in the flashback, we see Amanda Waller again. Uh, Ryder is there. He gets killed. He's pretty powerful. The Tyena girl also dies because she is taken over by this totem. So Argus takes this totem and leaves, and they're like, they offer Waller offers him a job. She goes, "You're pretty good at this. You want to come back?" And they bring him his shit back, and he's like, "I made someone a promise," and that's where I don't I don't understand. So it's kind of a vague ending for the flashback, but I like the hard cut because let's just fucking start over. I guys. think he's talking about Laurel there. Oh, he left Laurel to go to do this thing, didn't he? Oh yeah, this is when he went back. Yeah. Oh man, flashbacks were awful this year. That they flashback, were... they should never that weaken the show as well because yeah, in the flashback it's completely like figured out how to solve this problem. <laughs> but, dude, when you said it last week, Ruggs, you're so right. It makes no sense that every season he remembers shit week by week when uh, uh, he knows this and there shouldn't be a problem to begin with, but it's clear like, they're just I making shit idol, up. If I saw a dude, like, use an idol... To right away, he'd be like, oh, I remember that. ...to become more powerful, yeah. I'd be like, okay, let's go and do the shit that we did last time oh, and that, get it yeah. done. Oh, that was the thing on the island with Ryder and the girl. I remember this. I got this, guys. No problem. But yeah. instead, his memory is a little flaky. Uh, look, let's talk about the I season know. overall. Well, I'll just say real quick yeah. on the flashback. I think, besides what Rugboy said, which is very true, I think just the storyline itself of that flashback wasn't meaty enough to be in 23 episodes. Like That, that storyline could have been resolved in like two episodes. It was, it was, they dragged out as something that they didn't really have a real story on anyways. Yeah. And, uh, Dom Cantu has got a good comment with all the magic in this season. I had hoped that they would brought in Zatanna and Dr. Fate to help the green arrow. I mean, this is the season they gave us Constantine. And at one point the magic tees seemed to be promising and then they really, they didn't know what to do with it. Uh, this is the season where they kill Laurel, where the writers cave to Elicity, on the internet and made that happen and ruined that. Like there's so many things that went wrong this season. This is like become the bastard stepchild of the CW show. It seems. And they just, they can't give it enough attention. Yeah. I mean, you had quadruple, you had her in a wheelchair, She's in a wheelchair. Uh, what a crazy fucking season. Yeah, it was, it was a mess, but not good. Crazy. It was a mess. It was That's a mess. I would say it was slightly better than season four only because this year's villain was better. Neil McDonough was like hamming it up in this role, but yeah, this 
Ah, oh, man. I, I, I had to say it's about I, the I same wish, as last season. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it might be about the same. I just, I, it's surprising to me that season two was so awesome and like they've just gone to shit. These so, last two look, seasons. they got to get back. First of all, the flashback, I, I, I understand. You're going to have to give us one more year. We are entering the year he leaves the island, according to the show. But make it count and let's get back to just powered people and uh, personal uh, villains and uh, bring some of that season two magic. I don't know. How you do it? Well, you know why? It's because season one's flashbacks introduced us to a really interesting character named Slade. Yeah. That paid off in yes. season two as a villain. Like, they, yeah. they built that shit up. And it, it was character like who in this year's flashbacks is going to be paid off no, later on? No see, one. That was clearly thought out. And I don't feel like they thought past the first two seasons of flashbacks. How right. it was going to tie in. And it's such a wasted opportunity because every – you could have made it every season ma- ma- that meaningful, where the flashbacks from the season before introduced the big bad of the next season. Man, that might have been a little forced after a while. Might have been but. redundant, but like there was, there was a, clearly a plan with season one and season two that yeah. they don't have, they haven't had since season three. They're, they're writing this more on the, on by the seat of their pants. The only thing good that happened this season was Laurel died. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Might be true, and that's season and maybe four. Maybe Andy Diggle dying is good too. Well, the, the, here's the thing about Laurel dying. They keep like referring to her, like her death, as like she was the heart of the team. Yeah, and I, I don't see that. Yeah, like, that's that's a stretch. Yeah. yeah, like it's if you're gonna kill someone and claim they're the heart of the team, it'd be like Diggle or Felicity, right? Like it wouldn't like, it be Laurel. What would Laurel say about this? Yeah, nobody cares. Laurel Laurel wasn't even on the team until last, what, like last season? The end of last season? You're not the original Black Canary anyways. Right. Yeah. Suck it. I don't know. It was kind of sad, though, just the one shot at the end where all the costumes are down and you're like, man, Laurel's dead. Thea's out. Diggle's gone. They're just standing there. Everything's demolished. I was kind of happy. I was kind of happy they burned it down because they can build it back up now. Fresh, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I do respect that it was just a clean ending and like they're like no cliffhanger for this we're, surprising we're ending this storyline right now uh, well fuck you make it better guggenheim next season <laughs> vero yeah. berlanti and berlanti uh let's move on the jock and ned podcast let's spoil some shit batman so before we get to Preacher on AMC. Anthony and I uh, watched the season mid-season finale. Fe- oh, Fear the Walking Forgot Dead. Forgot we were going to talk about this. Real quick, <laughs> what kind of a shit show was this? Rugs, you were right for not watching. This episode so got me angry because I didn't understand what the fuck anybody was doing or why. I'll just leave it to you like this. They, like they take characters that no one likes and they're like, like they have to get them to an end point. So they do like it the most illogical way. And the only character, one of the only characters we did like supposedly killed himself. They, yeah. Which like, they didn't just, really show any of the deaths also, but yeah, well, they killed like the best guy. Yeah. And they had like the, what the wife, what's her fucking name? Madison. Madison. I have this big moment where she shoves, she has, the Hispanic lady go and be get eaten by zombies. So like that's supposed to be this big moment, but then Salazar burns the entire building. So that moment's immediately cheapened because that lady would have died anyways. So but they don't even show you Celia just disappears. They don't show you anything. You don't know what uh, happened. Uh, Nick 
just loves wearing zombie blood and wants to walk amongst them. Well, l- let's list the things so that you can, Rugboy can see how bad this is. Yeah. Nick now thinks that he's untouchable. By, like, he thinks it's like the zombies are like the walking dead, like actual uh, living things that will never attack him. Like, he thinks he has a bond with these zombies. Well, apparently he's, he has zombie blood with him at all times because he's always covered well, in zombie that, blood. That's beside the point. But yes, he has that. He wants then to you have yeah. Chris. Chris is now threatening kids and wanting to kill them. Like, he thinks he's no good and he wants to just kill random people. And he Travis, wants his dad to kill him. He wants right. to die. Travis quits on his family and just like wants to be now the father to Chris. But then doesn't he and, almost choke him out at one point momentarily? It looked uh, like he well, was going to choke like him. Struggling. <laughs> and Salazar all of a sudden is now having hallucinations like Rick style of his ex-wife. Yeah. Out of nowhere. To kill himself and burn everything down. So like, what the fuck? They didn't set any of that up. He lost <laughs> no, his mind. They didn't set any of this up. It's just these things all happened in one episode. I'm so happy I don't watch the show. It's so bad. It's so fucking bad. It made me angry. I was like, what is going on? This is, Wait, why is everyone broken up? None of this makes sense. Like, why are you leaving Nick on his own? They drive by him. Just grab him, put him on the truck. I don't fucking know what's going on. So uh, I don't know if we're going to watch when it comes back. So many people do not like these characters. <laughs> not, not just a- me, not just you, no. not just Anthony. A lot of fucking people that have the same sentiment. There's not a likable character in the bunch, and they allegedly killed uh, everyone's favorite character. My my roommate, who's the most casual of casual fans, he watches The Walking Dead. He saw me watching. He's like, why are you watching that? I'm like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I'm watching. He's like, I dude, I watched like two episodes and I just couldn't get into any of these characters. I hate all of them. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. I hate all these characters too. I don't know why the fuck I'm watching this. I watched the first season. I made up my mind. I'm like, I don't care about anyone. Yeah. It is a show uh, where you want them to get eaten. Like you're waiting. You'd want them. You're rooting for the zombies to win. Like none of them act in a way where I'm like, Hey, (laughs) I'm going to watch this dude. This dude's cool. Like, like I watch Ray Donovan because he does cool shit. Like, He'll fuck someone up, and you and you know he's you know you're, you're like okay, I'm on board. This guy's gonna fucking crack any minute, and he's gonna fucking do some crazy shit. Who's that? Who plays Ray Donovan? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the, the, he has a name. Ray, it's not Ray Liotta. <laughs> he has no. a name. Who's it's, it's uh, his name? His name is uh, Liev Schriebers. Oh, it's Liv Schrieber who plays like uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Sabretooth. Uh, yeah, Cosmo Fox says I'll watch the series finally if they all get eaten. Oh shit! I'm with you. So we're gonna move on to the premiere of, of uh, a new show that aired right after that, which was Preacher on AMC, based on the Vertigo comic book from 1995. Uh, this pilot, season one, episode one, directed by Seth Goldberg uh, or Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg. Yeah. And uh, Rugs, did you watch? Yeah, I was watching, waiting the whole time for someone to do some dumbbell curls. But uh, <laughs> I made can, Anthony can I, watch can this. I start? You can because start. I don't have a lot of start. Even Jordan, Jordan watched this, so we're gonna spoil Preacher. <laughs> Cosmo Fox didn't watch it. Jordan watched it. Anthony, you go. You guys will have the floor after this because I don't know. I really didn't have enough of of time with this show, so I only watched like half of it, partly because I was distracted. Partly because I just couldn't get into it. I don't know what it was. I just the it was shot a little weird in my opinion, and I I don't know. I just didn't connect with it, so I only watched half of it. And maybe I'll give it another shot, but I don't have enough thoughts on this to actually review it. Okay, fair enough. I, but it didn't. But the the point being, it didn't hook me right away. So, see, this is know. this is interesting. This is kind of what I wanted to get into. Is that being a preacher reader of the comic book. 
I really enjoyed the way they set up these three characters in this pilot, but only because I know some of the batshit crazy stuff that's going to happen. Can I stop you right there? Yes. Anthony, did you get to see Tulip at all? I did. I saw Tulip a little bit. Um, okay. She was in some car. The the, the word word I have that keeps coming to mind when I thought it, when I was watching the show and now thinking back on it, it was just bizarre. Okay. It's fucking bizarre. But shit, it is a bizarre. So. Show. It is bizarre, dude. The crazy shit. If they do anything like they do in comic books, this is gonna be a fucking weird, bad shit show dealing with, uh, you know, racist rednecks, faith, and cosmic energies and entities. Rugs, what? I'm you very think? curious what you guys think of it, though. So, all right, Rugs, what do you think overall? Where should we start? I think that some people might compare it to True Blood or something of that ah. ilk. Okay. Um, I did not like the first half hour of the show at all. Mm. I didn't. They had to set it uh, up. But as soon as Tulip came onto the scene and they they shared the screen together and I, I saw a glimmer of their relationship from the comic books mm-hmm. come to life of like this fucking badass, crazy, batshit girl and him. He He's kind of like a a preacher that shouldn't be a preacher. The last person. He's a really bad preacher he's not yeah. good at it kind of doesn't want to be a preacher he's got a very sad uh church and i love the sign in the beginning where it said open your ass and holes for jesus yeah and somebody it's like well quit messing with the letters it's supposed to say open save your souls for jesus or something but look the, sh- the fact that this show started out with this crazy 50s kitsch title scene and with the words outer space, the show, it starts in outer space. Yeah. I was like, okay, we're in for something a little bit different. And I like that. That's kind of like the comic book in that there's this white force kind of finding someone to use. And uh, it, it goes from preacher to preacher and realizes that they're not – they're too good of heart or something. Well, I, know, I know why – that it doesn't, but should I, should I reveal this? Or sure. You- I was disappointed that they didn't actually show us a Tom Cruise exploding. It was just like you saw it on the screen. Uh, yeah. Tom, I thought they were going to actually show him explode. But look, any any TV show that blows up Tom Cruise is okay by me. So why does this force finally settle on Jesse Custer? Who- no, I, I could, I'm just going to spoil the show for everyone. Well, look. I mean, there you go. All right. Well, basically... Um, God creates everything, okay? And uh, along with everything, he creates angels and demons, all right? And angel and demon are like enemies, but for some reason, they these two angels and demons start fucking, and they have a child. And this kind of um, creates a paradox for God, and God's like, well, fuck this, I'm leaving. Yeah. And so this Genesis force needs to inhabit somebody who's both good and evil. That's the thing. These other preachers were too good, too one side. They the, it was No, the, but then he went to a satanic priest. Oh, oh, and there was and too much he, the other way. Yeah, so yeah. you got to find not too hot, not too cold. Just like, uh, right. Look, the <laughs> airplane scene where we meet was Cassidy weird. was fucking awesome. I love how the the the, the action, these are like Hollywood style fights it's very reminiscent of like your Robert Rodriguez, a little Tarantino, violent, yeah. quick, kinetic. I love the way they do the action. So much blood. Uh, Who is that guy? Is he the devil? He's a vampire. Okay. And so people are hunting him 
and he just jumps out of the plane, and his fucking intestines are in a giant crater, and he eats a horse. I mean, a cow. Yeah, a cow. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking great. A cow. Uh, I I really appreciated the music choice. I I know it was like Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash. It has the feel of like a cool western, you know. Like well, a, that's what preacher is. Yeah. in a lot of us. Yeah, things. and wait, and just when you wait, Anthony, if you watch this, there's gonna be a dude that's gonna roll up. It's called the Saint of Killers. Okay, the dude. And when he steps on the yeah. scene, yeah, you better call the police. I love Tulip takes out a helicopter with fucking uh, coffee cans. Uh, it's off screen, but that whole scene with her and the kids was so much fun. Yeah, Jordan says the Irish guy, he like plays around, he puts his hand in the in, out of the shade and it kind of burns and pulls back in. But uh, yeah, Tulip makes a bazooka out of coffee cans and metal G.I. Joe shrapnel. And the kids are like, awesome! And they just fucking, they come out, there's a fucking helicopter crash. It's so good. Arse face. Oh my God. How disturbing is the makeup on this guy? I thought there'd be more drool. Like Ars face was always drooling all over him. He he he's book. a little more grotesque in the comic books. They cleaned it up, but I love how there were subtitles because uh, you yeah. could. He just mumbled, and uh, his dad, who's like the, this racist sheriff, makes him the nastiest neutral bullet shake I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> there's like meat and fruit and eggs, and he blends the whole thing up, and Ars face just just drinks it. But Ars face is like he's a I, I like a, he's such a chipper fella. For the situation that he's in, uh, a couple other things I liked. We did get to see Anthony at the end. You didn't see there was a bar fight scene where you see a little bit of the real Jesse Custer because he's the whole time this kid comes up. He wants him to beat up his dad. He goes, talks to the wife and the wife's like, no, I kind of like it. <laughs> he's like, what? He goes, I like it when he beats me up. So then the guy, Donnie, the f- finds him at the bar. He goes, what the fuck, preacher? Uh, you've been talking to my wife. They get into a bar fight. This is where you see the real Jesse Custer. He's like smiling and beating the crap out of this guy and having a blast. And I was like, oh, that's there's Jesse Custer that you remember from the comic books. That's where he meets Cassidy. But then the best bit is after he's hit by this Genesis force of God, he wants to be a preacher again, which is weird. Like he has a renewed thing where he's like, I'm going to do this right. And he doesn't know he has this power. He tells no, it's just – Getting that energy that it, it revives him, it revitalizes him. So this guy who's been bugging him, this nebbish fucking uh, follow uh, guy who comes to church, has been bothering him about his mom the whole time. Uh, after getting hit, Custer's just fed up with him. He's like, "Look, go see your mom. Your mom, tell her the truth. Open your heart." And the guy goes, "Okay, tell her the truth. Open my heart." To, repeating it, he turns around, he walks away. You see him get on a plane. He's repeating, tell her the truth, open your heart. You see him get to the senior citizen's place where his mom is, and he gets to his mom, and he tells his mom, Mom, he tells him everything. He's like, I hate when you call me. You nitpick on me. He gets it off his chest, and for a second, you're like, wow, he actually did that. Everything's going to be resolved. And then he goes, and now I must open my heart, where he grabs a knife, cuts his chest open, pulls his heart out, and gives it to his mother. Oh, shit. Right there. That's he literally. Up. Here you go, payback, bitch. He said, "Open your heart," and he literally opened his the heart. The preacher did so that to him. Yeah. So, yeah. saying that whatever, when the preacher gets into the zone, yeah. he tells you yeah. what to do. You do it. You fucking do it. So, look, uh, as a comic book reader, great pilot. Like as a pilot, I thought they did a really good job setting up the the town, the characters, kind of the situation. Now, as uh, I'm wondering, what people who haven't read the comic book. 
Did they kind that of? Was, that was going to be it? my question because I want to know if it sucked. Those pe- if those people got a hint of the crazy. Put put on your non comic book fan hat. Well, Jordan's right here. She is not a comic book yeah. reader, and she, she likes, likes it. it. She but did. Think, she did like. Do you it. think it'll catch with the mainstream? Like this isn't Walking Dead. Where Walking Dead's easily digestible. This is not. Yeah. This is digestible. I feel like this is going to be like Breaking Bad. Breaking yeah, Bad yes. was not a hit off the bat. Absolutely, exactly. People just kept talking about it. They're like, did you watch Breaking Bad? And I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't appeal to me. And I even tried to watch the first episode. I'm like, I don't want to watch this fucking loser. Like, you know. And then someone convinced me. Some guy who like actually writes comics and shit. He's like, you gotta watch this shit. It's art. So I, I sat and made myself. As soon as I got to the third episode, it was like crack. I couldn't stop watching it. Mm-hmm. I think this is gonna be like that because I've read the reviews of people who've watched f- four episodes already, and, and they they're like it. all yeah. in. Yeah. Okay. I don't like the first episode. I, I I think that it 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 didn't do enough service to the people who not did not read the comics. So I felt like, okay, um, they're doing a little prequel to kind of set the tone for seeing him be a preacher because you never see that in the comic books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You start with him getting the powers. Which, and, and that's, that's, then you're like off from, and running. Yeah. So they, it's kind of like the origin story, but Jordan's right in the chat. She says, it's just been one episode. I'll give it a couple episodes to give it a real review. This is going to be that kind of show. I do have to agree with you, Rugs, in the sense that I feel like if you didn't know the comic book, I feel like. Maybe Jesse Custer, Howard Stark, great. Uh, maybe he was a little too mopey uh, in the beginning and a little just too sad preacher. And it was kind of a little bit slow. But man, by the end of it, so much shit happened. And I love that we have Marvel MCU veterans being Howard Stark and Ruth Nega. I would have I liked another guy to have been preacher. I wish it was the guy who played from, from Lost. the, the- Sawyer. Yeah, Sawyer. I, he would have been the perfect Jesse Custer. Well, you need – his accent needs a little bit of work, and so does Ruth Negas. They're both uh, – uh, they're both English, I think. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, his accent should be a lot more Texas. Even the – but the actor himself has just more – he has more of Jesse Custer in him, the other actor. Sawyer. Yeah, the guy yeah. played Sawyer. Ooh, he might, he'd have to cut that greasy hair. Every show, he's got like a five o'clock shadow and long that's, mullet hair. That's, that's Preacher. No, but he, look, no, Preacher has, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm, oh, look, I have the. He's got no, long, he, black, greasy hair. Blah, and, but he's got like a fro like this. See, he's got like a black, this is from the first page of Preacher. Yeah, I got you. That but guy doesn't he, look like Dominic Cooper. This, yeah. The, the guy in the book, yeah. Yeah, right. That's not, Dominic Cooper's look is very like. Modern, clean. So cut this is, yeah, this is how they drew Cooper as preacher on the yeah. cover. So I don't know. I'm. Uh, see the, I'm I posted an article uh, about the ratings. Oh, it apparently it debuted to just pretty modest ratings. So, like ah. Rugboy said, if this is going to be awesome, it's it's going to be something that's going to have to grow. It's going to be a slow burn, and I, even with Breaking Bad, like I didn't get onto it until uh, the two co episodes, and I think that was like the second season. Or third, yeah. and then I went back and I watched all of it. So well, was Breaking Bad though? I mean, at the end of the day, it was about a guy making like meth to like support his family. It right? was like, a it, journey what is, what is, of a drug. How a guy goes from cooking meth to make oh, money to save cancer. The, the best show ever made. To I would right, but like drug it's, I'm saying it's warlord. more real world than this. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, this is off. This is supernatural. Ball, this is supernatural yeah. mixed with. But this is the kind of supernatural shit I like. It's mixed with real life. You don't know if it's faith-based or cosmic entity-based. I think uh, True Blood uh, coming out before this, like, mm-hmm. sucked out of some – even though True Blood is a ripoff of things in Preacher, 
and things in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and all these other vampire things, people are going to compare it to True Blood if you've ever watched True Blood. The reason I bring up like the ratings and all that is AMC is clearly banking on this being awesome because they have already created the talking like show the talk the after show. They've like if you look at this article, they've you know they've they're doing multiple uh, airings of this show. Yeah, it's they've on again it, next week. Or the, yeah. They've released it um, free on their on their app through Apple TV. Like they want the, they're putting a lot of muscle behind this. Yeah, and you they, know, they want this to do. They yeah. want this to be the next Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, like whatever AMC is good at. Those type type of shows, they want this to be that that next one that carries the torch. I feel like if you put, if you make one of these t- talking preacher shows right afterward, is that does that help right away? Well, the, review, the reviews for this have been amazing. Yeah, like everyone yeah. like this was awesome. Like it was like ninety one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like really good reviews, a lot of hype. And we've been hearing this since, this was since South by Southwest where they premiered the right. pilot and everyone's been saying how good it was. Jordan says they, they positioned it after Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, a huge good, lead in. Jordan says, lead in. I never the watched True is, Blood. This show should have came out 10 years ago. Well, I mean, this, yeah. My question is, would Rugboy, would a Hellblazer John Constantine series worked better on AMC? No. No? Maybe, maybe. I mean, on AMC, maybe. On yes. AMC instead of like the NBC like, shit. No, I think preachers. I think preachers. Uh, everything that John Constantine is, is in more in a more contained universe. Like Constantine is like all over the place. That's true. He's going to hell. All of this, and, and and you do get glimpses of that here, but it all makes sense. It's more structured. So I would say Preacher is probably a better translation for TV. I mean, it's it's different than the comic book, and they're going to have to take a lot of diversions uh, to 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 translate it, but. Yeah, let's give it four episodes. I'm along for the ride so far. It's weird. It's nutty. It's crazy. It's violent. It's all the things I love. I think once all the pieces move into place, because there's two really big pieces, not counting the angels and shit. Oh, and then there's these two dudes that are tracking the Genesis power. And at the very end, they find they get to Jesse's church. They're like, it's here. Let's go get it. Like so, things are going to start really getting interesting. Shit's in going to hit the fan. Can Can I ask you guys something real quick before we move on? Yes. Has there been another show like th- this in that this weird that's been super popular? True Blood. True, True Blood, Blood was. Okay. I mean, it was True Blood before Game of Thrones was the shit on HBO. Okay. Yeah, I never and then because that. that was what they followed up Sopranos with, I think. Oh right. right. And True Blood was equally out there, kind of left field, weird. Yeah, it was weird. It was all kinds of weird. But I think they ripped off Preacher, like a lot of Preacher. Okay. All right. Man. It's, I'm just trying to get a gauge if this could, this could make it as the next big thing. Yeah. Yeah, it remains to be seen how they handle all the weirdness for the mainstream audience. I'll be there watching. Let's move on to some comic book talk, everybody. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Spoiler. All right, so listener, if you're about to read DC's Universe Rebirth number one, then uh, you want to skip this part because we're going to spoil the fuck out of it right now. Because there's a couple of major things. This uh, this is uh, DC's. We got the new logo on. This is DC's uh, rebirth. It's not a reboot. It's really not a reboot. What it is no. is it's a meta crazy meta commentary. On where this company has – what it's been doing since the 80s and how to bring it back to its legacy characters. Uh, Devin Faraci – Do you know anything 
on this, by the way? I know that DC's going to try and reinvent their comics again. That's all I know. But you don't know the big reveal? Okay, never, then you don't know the big reveal. We'll, we'll, we'll spoil it for you. <laughs> go ahead. So yeah, Go ahead, Ron. Sorry. It, okay, here's one big reveal. Pre-New 52 Wally West Flash has been in the Speed Force this whole time. Since Flashpoint, it starts out, Wally West narrates, and it's not the black Wally West that's in the new 52. It is the Wally West from the new Teen Titans. Uh, he's narrating this whole book. In essence, he's telling people time got changed. Something is off. He's flying through the Speed Force trying to make a connection. It actually starts with a scene very similar to Batman versus Superman, where he appears to Batman out of the Speed Force. And Batman's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And it's he, very meta. It's very meta. He's trying to connect with someone in this universe to pull him out of the speed force. But Batman doesn't remember him. So he, in his narration, he explains that since – he explains what he remembers, that he's Wally West. He was friends with Barry Allen, who's the Flash. He got hit by lightning, got the powers, became Kid Flash, joined the Titans, and then one day – or Barry died, saving the universe. So this is – Crisis on Infinite Earths. Then he remembers, then I became the Flash. And he met Linda Park and fell in love with Linda Park. And then one day, Barry came back. And he thought everything would be perfect. And that's the rebirth. Jeff John's Flash rebirth. And it seemed everything was perfect, except it wasn't. This, I'm just going to read you this one page. This is pretty much the crux of what's going on. Please don't narrate the entire book. No, one page. Listen, this tells it all. Barry Trout, this is Wally. He starts about thinking about Flashpoint. Barry traveled into the past to try and prevent his mother's murder at the hands of the reverse Flash. And he did it. He saved her. But he created what's called a Flashpoint. A powerful and devastating butterfly effect. The Flashpoint resulted in a complete rewriting of reality. In this new reality, Dr. Thomas Wayne became Batman after watching his son Bruce get gunned down. Together, Barry and Dr. Wayne saved the universe, and Barry stopped himself from changing the past. But someone outside of time watched it all happen. Someone saw history unravel when Barry first created the Flashpoint. And when history was coming back together, they attacked. As our timelines reformed, someone stole 10 years from us. A decade was removed like a Jenga piece. I don't know exactly how or why, but it changed everything. Heroes that were legends became novices. Bonds between them were weakened and erased. Legacies were destroyed. A darkness from somewhere has infected us. It has for a long time now, I think even before the Flashpoint, and no one knows this but me. So, they have reconciled the Flashpoint, saying New 52 was not created by the Flashpoint. It was created by an outside darkness watching this. And the, and the panels show a blue lightning and they show a hand coming out of this energy, right? You don't really know what it is. Do you want to – don't get to that just yet. Reveal the other spoilers for – let me reveal the Yeah, other what's next? There's another one. The entire you go to the next spoiler. <laughs> the, the Superman of this universe is dead apparently. And the, new, and the Superman prior to the New 52 has been living in this universe. Yes. It's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of weird. Um. I already can't follow anything that's going on. Dude, yeah, that, no, it's this is weird. weird. Here, here, here. Joker, there's been three Jokers in this universe. So basically what's, what's happening is Wally West is narrating and telling everybody that the entire New 52 has been created by someone else. And like all hope has been lost in our universe. All, uh, all the friendships have been gone. 
romances have been gone. Everything was erased. All the de- all the characters that were awesome are now novices again. He's basically shitting all over the entire DC universe. And at the end, Batman's Batman's like digging at you know the ground in the Batcave, and he's trying to figure out what that whole Flash thing was about. And you see the pin. He sees a glint in the wall. He's, he's like, you see this? a glint in the wall, and you see the pin from Watchmen with the blood on it. The com- he finds comedian's pin. The comedian's pin, basically saying that Doctor Manhattan, and it ends. The epilogue ends on Mars with the final dialogue from the end of Watchmen. Where Dr. Manhattan is talking to Adrian, and he says it all worked out in the end. And Manhattan's like, in the end, nothing ends, Adrian. Nothing ever ends. Basically, that point on Watchmen, at the end of the book, that's when Manhattan messed with the timeline between New 52 and Jeff. This is Jeff Johns shitting on and fixing everything he's written from five years ago at New 52. But... What this is doing is everything in DC's history is now continuity. Because when in, in Justice League 50, we were promised the name of the Joker, that that was a fake out. The chair, the God chair tells Batman, there's three Jokers. Now, in this, you're getting off topic. You're getting too confused. I, I know. But look, I have to explain what they show when they say there's three Jokers, because this is like the multiverse. He says right. there's three Jokers. And on the screen, you see the new 52 Joker. You see the Killing Joke Joker, and then you see the pre-New 52 Joker. So uh, Alan Moore must fucking hate this. I'll tell you right now, he's probably going to kill them all because they've taken what's supposed to be the story of superheroes in real life, a deconstructionist story, and pulled it into the main DC. I think the two main points about this are... One, like Imran said, the New 52 was created by Dr. Manhattan. It was him on Mars fucking around with our the DC universe and like creating a new world. And he fucked with everything so much that everyone's unhappy and like this doom and gloom sort of thing. But then on a meta level, it's Jeff Johns pointing out that the New 52 has been kind of shitty and like kind of flawed. And he's tracing it all the way back to... Alan Moore's The Killing Joke and Alan Watchmen Moore's and Dark Knight Returns. And Dark Knight, basically, that that was the catalyst for this new dark age in comics. Dark and gritty that's been so played out and done and his, his whole return to hope and optimism. So, so with that convoluted <laughs> uh, recap of DC Rebirth, Rugboy, as someone that reads comics and read all that stuff, what do you think? What do you think I'm going to think? <laughs> I think you're going to think it sucks. I, mean, I already told him. Ron it that. sounds like a bunch of horse shit. It sounds, like the, <laughs> it sounds like, okay, we need to put a bow on this. So what character can we get that can do anything? Dr. Manhattan. Okay, let's get him to like fucking, and we'll admit that we suck and everything we did shit. And we'll just use him to like reset everything. Now, what, where do we go from here? That's the question. It's so meta. Where we go from you here is. Du- douche ex machina going on. All right, you got all of Jeff John's uh, shit trying to fix his own mistakes. Well, he's done writing everything. Well, and they, they've given hints in this. There's scenes where he talks about uh, Oliver and Black Canary, uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary. They don't seem like they know each other. Uh, they, and they're gonna, so moving in the rebirth, Green Arrow, they're going to have a relationship again. Aquaman proposes to Mira, and they're back together again. Uh, all this stuff you're saying, so this is the thing, though, man, is you're you're saying all this stuff as if the common view, reader, you, 
reader would know what you're talking about. I don't read DC comics that often, like yeah. all that. I'm not a hardcore DC fan. So for a lot of this stuff, it just went over my head. I needed explanation on mm, this. I see. And I feel like this was, ri- I liked it overall, but I feel like it was written for someone that obviously it is someone that has been consistently following DC since like 1980. Because well, if you, yeah. you haven't, then you're going to get so lost on a lot of the references that Wally West makes. And yeah. I think also I, I like the tie into Watchmen because personally, I don't have that, uh, uh, that bond to Watchmen. I never really read it. It's not mm-hmm. something that I had near and dear to my heart, but I can see why people are, are against it. But I think this is DC's last grab because they can't do any more reboots. Like the reboot things played out. It's a DC, it's almost a joke. So what's the last thing that they can put their hands on that, means something to people and that will get people to buy and like cause uh, a stir. Dr. It's Manhattan. The fucking, well, it's the fucking make Watchmen part of canon, right? Yeah. I mean, they, so. they did before the before Watchmen limited series. So they, they've kind of already fleshed out these characters done more than, you know, Alan Moore did. Uh, so I kind of, because what it, do you guys think of the, of them making Watchmen canon though? That's my question. The writing was on the wall when they released before Watchmen things. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, it doesn't really bother me. I mean, they always absorb other things. Like, they absorbed Wildstorm a, a couple of years back and this and that. Um, why Watchmen? They don't really need it at all. Like, that story has been told. They don't need to ever go back to that well again. Are they going to put Rorschach and Batman I think, fighting side by side? Is I think that what we're going to see these characters in the in these books. We're going to so. see the comedian. We're going to see Rorschach. We're going to – and I think you're right. They did – they with that before Watchmen, they were kind of – Soft selling you this idea of what if uh, these things go on? Well, wasn't Night Owl like a meta commentary on Batman? Yeah, like, that's gonna whole, be fucking strange. Yeah, the, and, and Doctor Manhattan was like Superman, right? Yeah, and the whole the whole idea was if superheroes were actually real in the real world, this is how they would be treated. It's uh, it's I don't know. I but like this idea, but problem, I'm, I'm also I, I don't know. You think the problem with DC is that the superheroes act like people now after after. After the Dark Knight Returns and no. Killing Joke, that the actual comics became so good that adults could read them and not feel guilty. That's the problem, and they have to undo that. That's a fucking insult to me, and that's <laughs> insult to anybody who reads good comics. The best comics are the reason that DC is bad. Jeff Johns could shove a fucking his hand up his ass <laughs> and fucking pull his heart out and eat it because he's a dick if he says that. If, I mean, that's it, it, if that's what you read, yeah. If I mean, you can infer that by reading between the lines that he's like. That era of comics started the like not I don't know if downfall is a word it might be too strong but this trend of darkness this that is just, to go away this is just them knee jerk reacting reacting to Marvel success this is all it is they're like they 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 doubled down on darkness in their movies they went did injustice and they did all these fucking comics all their games are all dark and Marvel just did their their shit the way their comics is they just took their comics. And made them into movies and didn't worry about taking a bias to a darkness or whatever. And now they're blaming the comics that brought them into the dark age or whatever of realism that made them good. Because DC, no one liked DC because it was too happy. But, well, look, the sales of the New 52 in the last couple of years spoke more than anything. uh, This is necessary, though. They had to do something. They didn't have to do anything. I was reading more DC comics 
before all of this flashpoint shit before all of this i'm saying but since the new 52 in the last five years that it didn't work they (gasps) saw it they had to do something right now to bring this back and and well, it feels like a very meta commentary. It's on very the meta. The, the whole thing yeah. and state of their video games. Yeah. Like every, everything. It's, I mean, you, like you said, they, they literally recreate that scene from BBS and Superman. Batman's like, what the fuck? Is yeah. going on he here? doesn't get it there either. <laughs> also, Wonder Woman has a twin brother, I guess. Named, oh yeah. She has a twin named brother. Jason. A lot. There's a lot of random ass reviews. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Like I can't, I'm like, I'm in rage. Like right now. <laughs> she she has a, Imran, how could you read this and even like it? Like, I don't I, 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 He's a kid. He doesn't know anything. No. Right? You, <laughs> who's read like comics, actually read this and fucking be like, I'm in. This is a great. No. Based on what no. DC had been giving us up until now, I actually rather enjoyed this. But, Anthony, you're right. This is not a reboot. A reboot would be where a fresh person can jump on and read this. You have to have read and known the history of the past 30 years of DC. To really pick up on all, there's tons of Easter eggs in here. DC smoking crack. There you I mean, go. I look at that. What Marvel's one. doing either, but they're fucking on crack. These people. It, it's <laughs> yeah. Wonder it's Woman desperate. apparently had a. Uh, they revealed this at the end of Justice League 50, and it went into this comic where Wonder Woman apparently had a twin brother that was born the same night as her, and they that twin brother's been shooed away from her, and they they don't know where he is on earth and what he's doing and what his power level is or anything. Oh, also apocalypse is now a baby given oh, yeah, birth by superwoman yeah, woman and I'll, of and, the crime uh, syndicate of the crime syndicate. Yeah. Uh, anti-modern kills dark side and dark side war, at which point dark side is reborn into this baby. So now there's a baby dark side. I will never buy another DC. <laughs> oh oh no, live. this was the opposite of what I wanted to achieve, which I was going to try to sell you on this. I think I just Imran, that I, up. I told you yeah, that he would you're not right. like it. You're right. You're right. I knew immediately he wouldn't like it. <laughs> Look, I, I, I got to give it as ballsy what they're doing. Uh, it's Rug great. Boy, I got I to gotta say just off air because I don't want Imran to get away with saying this. Off air, he goes to me, goes before the show. Anthony, you got to read this. I like it. It's great. It's great. We got to talk about this on the show. It's great. I, I really liked it. <laughs> I did. I thought it was really You know well. what? A lot of people have been contacting me to get my opinion on this. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. So they're like, I think, you know, not that I'm like the, the lightning rod for knowing shit because I don't know shit. I haven't been reading the DC because it just, it, I started reading like a bunch of titles and then they fucking did this new 52 shit. And I was like, all right, whatever. And, uh, it's like, I knew that that it wasn't going to last. So I didn't even bother with it. I was like, okay, this is going to be a flash in the pan. This new 52 shit. I call bullshit on it already because they're trying to do too many things and everything's going uh, too far from the originals and people are just going to not like it. I knew that and I stuck to my guns and I knew that it was going to be a bunch of pointless reading because it was all going to be undone. So now they come up with this rebirth and they have the fucking audacity. The best writer that DC has ever had, Alan Moore. And they're going to piss on what he's done and call it the reason of the dark age. And they're going to use his character to be the catalyst for to blame all the the fucking folly of their inept writing that had nothing to do with Alan Moore, they could suck my dick. The balls like, on Jeff they, Johns. They, they can't even fondle Frank Miller's old testicles enough. <laughs> 
Frank Spiller. Well, make up to this. Well, okay. look, I, look. I am very curious to hear what Rugboy. I mean, okay. I know what he, I know he's not going to like it, but I'm very curious because he has a copy. I'm yes. going to read it. Rugs. When he reads it, and then after he reads it, I'm very curious. I don't think his opinion is going to change. I just want to hear more of this. Rugs, I told I, you. I, I want you to I told read you this. how I got the comic. There was a guy outside wiping his ass with it. He's like, <laughs> and I'll I take said, that. hey. You're done with that? You done with that? Because I think I'm going to have to take a shit later too. You can so cover. You got to read it. It's very, it's very hard to explain. Look, I will end. I will end with this, listener. Pick up this book. Here's why: two ninety nine. It's eighty pages for two ninety nine. That's a pretty good value. But more importantly, rugs. Jeff Johns. The toilet paper. Listen, Jeff Johns has said <laughs> in an interview. He said, if anyone wants to check out comics, wants to check out DC Universe Rebirth number one and doesn't like it, they can mail the comic book to Warner Brothers to me and I will send them a check. I literally will. For both postage and for the book, I will buy all these books back because I believe in this issue a lot. I think it'll do very well. I hope it does well. But seriously, I will buy this book back. Oh, shit. Jeff Johns has offered a personal money back guarantee, Rugs. Get on that shit. Send if I him to show you a check from Jeff Johns to Rug Boy. I want you to send him a shit smeared copy of Rebirth number one and get your money back. <laughs> now, what happens if I read it and I like it? That'll be funny. I, and then that'll be interesting too. Here's the thing, man. A lot of um a lot of online reviewers have been like, this is amazing. Like even um the guy that we buy comics from. Yeah, like, Eric Eric's a really it. good start. Like he loved it. So but I don't know. DC I'm not, look, hey, look, a look, bunch I'm, of people now. A bunch yeah, of listeners are gonna fucking listen to this. The DC people, they're desperate. Okay, the people <laughs> who like DC, they they've they've gotten their balls busted in this whole year. Like Batman versus Superman, sucking a huge cock. You know, yeah. like they 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 need something to grab year. onto. It's been a rough Shred. year for the this DC. Is, this is. This is like the five at the end of the night that you latch onto. <laughs> so you don't go home alone. You got drunk okay? goggles on. This is good analogy. All oh, right. Shit. <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. Look, I'm going to end with a quote from Devin Faraci in his review. He says, I have never read a comic book like this, one that operates as a mea culpa. And as a continuity house cleaning and as a new direction and as an emotional story about how much these characters mean to us. And that's all there. He's right. Uh, okay. It's all in there. It I is mean, a man. Like, between the lines. It's I, a, I, I, I haven't read it yet, but no. from what you've told me. Jeff Johns. It's Jeff Johns fixing his fucking new, shitty new 52 and other stuff. Yeah. Well, it's, well, it's the fixing of the 52 and... and Talking about how the Dark Age started with Alan Moore. Yeah, and that right there just just but makes me. Pissed. You're right. It's a response to everyone going. It's too dark and greedy. These things. I mean, you don't even need to read between the lines all that much. It's they're it's taking Doctor Manhattan yeah. and telling and saying he's the one that created shit. Dude, on, <laughs> on the like this hand, that hand on the yeah, cover. Yeah. There's a blue hand coming out it's, of that uh, thing. Yeah. There's yeah. clues everywhere. It's the guy who sticks his hand up my ass every day. It's the guy <laughs> with the big blue balls. Uh, all right, look, I got one more comic book thing. This broke the internet even more because everyone is knee-jerk reactionary these days. New Captain America Steve Rogers issue one. Right now, Marvel has two Captain Americas. One is Sam Wilson, Falcon America, Captain Falcon America, Black Captain America. Here's Steve Rogers. He's got a different shield. He doesn't have the traditional round shield. He's got the – That's not what we're talking about. Who gives a shit about I that? I know. Okay, look. So <laughs> – get to it. <laughs> Here's what happened. Sharon Carter is in this. You go, you're going on this mission with Steve uh, while there's a flashback. And these two things coincide. Basically, at the very end, uh, 
Red Skull. Oh, it's Zemo. Zemo's in this. He has Dr. Eric Selvig in a plane. Cap jumps in. They fight. There's some there's some uh, dialogue. Everything seems cool. And then one of his buddies, what's this guy's name? It's uh, it's another Captain America guy, old school guy. I forget who he is. He jumps in there. He wasn't supposed to be there. He jumps in to help him, at which point Cap is like, oh, man, wish you hadn't done that. He goes, what? Why? I came to help. He kicks him out of the plane to his death, at which point he walks up to Selvig tied up and utters these words. He just goes, hail Hydra. Oh, shit. Meanwhile, in the flashback, turns out little Steve Rogers and their mom, his dad was a little abusive, liked to beat up on his mom. This woman uh, took, uh, tried to help him and was nice to them, and she would take him out to lunch and dinner, and she invites his mom to a little civic community gathering. She's like, oh, you should come out. We'd like to – and there's a flyer, and it's a fucking Hydra community civic gathering. So – Meaning, implying that Captain Steve Rogers has been double agent for Hydra this whole time or something. Now, the hour of this has been fucking crazy. Anthony, first of all, uh, what what, what do you got on this? What do you think? Uh, Well, there was the hashtag say no to Cap Hydra or something along those lines. Say no to Hydra Cap. Uh, What do I think? Yeah. I think people are fucking overreacting. I think... I think you got to let the storyline play out. I, I don't think he's going to be actually a fucking Nazi like that. That's not where they're going with this. They're obviously not going with this like that, going that way. Um, I think a- you just got to let the story play out. I think there was a huge amount of uproar when Spider-Man and Ock fucking changed bodies and Ock was in Peter Parker's body. And that yeah, ended up being one of the better modern at, stories. But this goes back into continuity. Now you're fucking with continuity that people like enjoyed. Well, yeah, but I, but I we think don't they might know. be going the double, the double yeah. agent route. We don't know. I think they're going the double agent route of Cap, like infiltrating Hydra from a very young age or some shit like that. I think I think you got to let the story play out. Oh, absolutely. But the biggest knee jerk reactionary thing was people saying you just made a character created by two Jewish guys uh, a become a Nazi. Uh, you know, go against everything. Like there's a lot of Jewish readers that were offended. Because they're like, you are marginalizing the Holocaust now, and you turn this guy who is a symbol into a Nazi. The thing is, this is one fucking issue. We don't know what the real story is. This is all teases. They do this shit all the time. Yeah. What do you think, Rugboy? I just don't like that it fucks with continuity. Okay. I mean, I don't care. Like, they're going to always, like, they're going to always figure a way for Cap to come out on top. You know, they're going to, like, they do this all the time. They have a bad guy, and, and you turn him into a good guy. A good guy turned him into a bad guy, and then they end up back status quo. By the so way, that's going to happen. But like, I just don't like that it fucks with their continuity. That goes back all the way. It's, that that's, that doesn't sit well with me. I mean, I yeah, don't care. I, what you I, do I see that. your point. I agree with. I could. I could agree with that. I would. I would not have made the move of being making him a Hydra agent or whatever or whatever they're going with. But yeah. um, so I can see why. How are they going to use this to their advantage other than to tell a story? Well, I think they're they're right now they're using the the interest the uh the the attention whether it be good or bad. It's a to, little to gimmicky to sell yeah, some books. Very gimmicky at the it's moment. It's very gimmicky. Yeah. Uh, also, the, let's not forget that he was old and now he's young and he was depowered and de-aged. He was dead. You know, he was, he dead. He was stuck in time. Now he's got it's all convoluted continuity. Well, that's, anyway, that's what I'm back. saying. I think I brought this up earlier that each writer makes their own. Yeah. Story. So this is I mean, Nick Spencer's storyline right. that this he started. Nick Spencer's That's all. Story That's line. all. Let it play out. I mean, Cap's been, like you said, old. Cap's been a fucking werewolf at one time. Yeah. Like, like, 
lots of crazy shit has happened to all of these characters. Yeah, so, but none of those mess with continuity. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, true. Um, I will say, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but online, one of my friends brought up to me that there was like going to be some sort of reveal to, about Cap in this issue. And like, obviously the reveal was that he was a Hydra agent or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But there was some movement online. I don't know if it was just my friend bringing it up. I've seen it like two or three other places, but it was make Cap bisexual. Oh, I did see of him. They want to have. They want to give him a, a boyfriend. They should have yeah. just made him a eunuch. <laughs> that would make more sense. It should have been like that, that was weird too. Uh, my friend was like, "What do you guys think about Cap being a bisexual?" They want like, Bucky. What? Jordan's right that I saw that they want him and Bucky to get together. They want Bucky yeah. to be fucky. Uh, that's just <laughs> weird. How about you just? But I, I mean, I don't have any problem with a ca- character being like any comic book character being bisexual, and it's not like I want. Like Cap to be bisexual, but he's never been that, so I don't know why that. It doesn't make sense for him specifically, right? Uh, It's a play on get a girlfriend thing. Yeah, there's this movement to making these. uh, Dude, there's movement. There's a petition now to shut this down because they think they turned Cap into a Nazi. It's fucking ridiculous. So here's a fun game. Rebirth had a character. I'll look at it while you guys are talking. But one Rebirth revealed one of their characters being like, oh, in the. In this one, who was that? Uh, oh, that's weird. I thought a fun game, though, and I, I got I to credit this to Eric, Eric Garneau, who works at Pastimes. He posted it on Facebook. He goes, fun game. If you're Nazi-capped out, try to come up with a clickbaity rage headline for comic cliffhangers from before the internet era. Rugs. Th- th- this, like, if we had the internet back in the day when the Silver Age covers were everyone was about Superman not helping or quitting or Batman doing something crazy... Uh, it would have been crazy. Like you would have one that said Spider-Man murders Gwen Stacy with webline. Uh, you could apply this to any of these storylines. Oh, I see what you did. That. You know, can you come up with one? Like think of uh, like you won't believe what Superman did to Lois Lane on top of the Daily Planet. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I'll just interrupt real yeah. quick. It's Aqualad that yeah. reveals oh, to yes. his mom that he has a I boyfriend. I knew that lad. Has, uh, anybody named Lad has got a boyfriend. Yes, that's right. He says he has a boyfriend. Yeah. He's a little lad. You guys remember when <laughs> Superman enslaved the Earth and crowned himself Super Pope? Super Pope. <laughs> but well, imagine I, when, like, or imagine when, like, Red Sun came out. I don't know how long ago that was, but me, they made Superman. Russian uh, Superman? What? Communist? <laughs> Superman now? When, when they're coming out with Chinese Superman? We talked about that on the show. Chinese Superman. Here's shit. one that's crazy, but actually hey, hey. is in canon, and it would be Spider-Man sexually molested by his neighbor Skip. That actually happened. He there was a line where Peter mentions that he was molested by his neighbor. Well, here's the thing, though. There's always this outrage about this stuff, and I agree. Like the continuity get being fucked up does kind of like is kind of weird, but. They always like fuck up continuity or fuck up the status quo, and then they always bring it back to the character being back to who he originally was, anyways. So if you don't like this, in about Just twenty wait. issues, he's going to be back to being. They might even retcon this shit. Yeah, wait like, a couple of months. I know, but that's messy. It is. I don't it's, like it. it's it's the state of comics, to be they honest. Gotta sell it's the way they fucking do this right books. Now. The strange thing is, while there's, I, a- I, I, I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. I, and I don't know. Look, if the, we Captain America: Civil War is huge. Everybody loves uh, Chris Evans' Captain America. Now, if they were going to the comic book store and they saw this and they picked it up, ooh, it'd be like very confusing and kind of a big turnoff. Be like, what? The this fuck is what happens. This is what happens when you corporatize something. All right, you know, Barbie for the for my whole youth was a blonde with big tits. All right, 
Now the corporate, the corporatization and everything. Now they they're making uh, fat Barbie. They're making you know, yeah. you know bow legged Barbie. Yeah. They're making <laughs> zit Barbie. Like they're making Barbies for everybody. White right? trash Barbie. Yeah. So it's like the corporate. You know, now Disney owns this shit, and now they're just trying to mm. like. You know, they're gonna they're gonna appeal. They're gonna try to do everything to sell books. So the product is gonna come before the art form. And True. and Marvel was always in a business of making comics, but they also understood the the readers, and they always held them to a high standard and say, "Listen, we're not gonna fuck with this that much. We're gonna fuck with shit, but we're gonna always enable." you to have an avenue to get to back to the core of these characters. I know that they're going to probably swing this thing around again, like Anthony said, and bring it back to status quo. But I think they're, they're, they're getting way too concerned with, with these gimmicks and stunts. It is getting very gimmicky. I will agree with that. I mean, one event, it just reeks of corporate and you get like another event before the last event is even over. And it's just, uh, it's too much. It's very corporate and they're just, you know, number one this, number one that. Everyone try to sell these and it's just gimmick. Uh, I got two more fun headlines and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. Like you would have had white superheroes, Tony Stark and Reed Richards murder Black Goliath. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Whoa. <laughs> that would have been one. And then you would have had, wow, Robin killed by aliens on another planet? Really, DC? Hashtag Robin dies at dawn. Uh, but the point is... They, this is comics, people. Relax. Yeah. Let's not get all fucking uh, just put in your pants. <laughs> okay, let's wrap this up. Jackie nerd. Can I make one comment on the comic thing? Yeah. Um, even though the cap thing got more play on the internet yeah. and like kind of broke the internet yeah. in the comic industry, what DC did has higher ramifications than what Marvel did. Yeah, this is surface. That what DC did Marvel, Marvel's thing was very surface level. What DC did affects is everything. very meta and very almost a criticism of their Adam own Moore. their own brand. Yeah. Like their they own brand. That's yeah. what that's what I kind of admire about the balls. They're shitting on their own brand and they're finally addressing what we've been saying for a couple of years now. Well I'll say this. This is akin to J.J. Abrams coming along and basically saying that George Lucas is a dick face and he's worthless when they are the guys that put DC on the map. Alan Moore and Frank Miller. Sorry, go suck a dick. If you're going (laughs) to if you're going to blame them, that's I can't I can't even fathom that. So I don't know. I I just and no one's even really eclipsed that. Maybe like what what DC thing has ever since then had as much accolades and as much gravitas and as much critical acclaim as those books they're in the shadow of those guys that's true and it's always frank they, miller it it's always alan moore it pisses yeah. them off that they have they have not had the wherewithal or the talent to eclipse that and come up I, with a story that I, is on that level and i bet it pisses them off that like the two of those biggest most popular things are kind of they were outside of canon this whole time Absolutely. They couldn't even use them. They couldn't touch them. How frustrating must that be? Well, I think that it also pisses them off that everyone's favorite books are those books. And they're like, God damn it. Those books were made in the 80s. We made books since then. Look at our other books. 30 years. There's a little bit of ego on that. Yeah. And so for them to just bring it all in, like what I don't understand is how many universes are there now? Are we back to just the one? 
Because it always goes from one to endless, back to the one, then there's 52. Now it's just, is there just one again? Or is there two? Are the Watchmen people in another universe? I don't know. I See, that stuff I don't care as much about. I care more about what they're trying to say with this book. If it's going to be this meta, I want to f- figure out what the message is. I'm going to stick around and wait for a DC Afterbirth to, to come out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guarantee you, as as self-referential as it is, going to be some tasty Afterbirth. I think that they're going to they're not they don't have the stones to do it, man. They don't. Yeah. They don't. They just made a big claim and I don't think they really got the stones to really they don't have I don't they, they don't have the the balls to really go back and reclaim those things from Alan Moore and Frank Miller. They're they're not going to. I mean, I don't think the sales can be any worse than what they've been with this because Nobody was buying fucking DC anymore. They fucking burned everyone uh, with conversions. So very yeah, interesting. It's very we'll it's very interesting. We'll see what happens. We'll stick around, listener. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Since we've been doing these review shows during comic book season live on Blab, and you guys, Rugs, Anthony, check it out. We have successfully right now completed. A whole comic book season. We talked about every episode of four shows and plus some other ones week by week for one whole season. That's pretty crazy if you think about that. We dropped a couple along the way, but yeah. But of the it's four main exhausting. It's very <laughs> exhausting and draining, which leads me to my next point. We're gonna take a little blab break. Uh next week there won't be a blab show because look, we've wrapped up the comic book TV season. We need to recharge a little bit. We're going to take a break from the blab, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. I don't know yet. When we do come back, we're going to have fun. We'll just do geek news roundup shows, and we'll have another topic maybe at the end, something that that strikes our fancy. However, in the meantime, that doesn't mean there ain't going to be shows in the feed. So you definitely want to go to jackandnerd.com, subscribe to the show, because there will still be shows coming out every week. Coming up, we will have Free Comic Book Day Part 2 which will meet Elliot Serrano. I hope you guys listened to the Lawrence Holmes show, the last show. That was really cool to get. Sports radio broadcaster Lawrence Holmes from 670 The Score was awesome. Finally, some jock stuff. Yeah, actual jock stuff represented. With a guy that talks about jock stuff all day. Dude, John Hamper told me, John Hamper used to work with him. He listens to the show. He goes, I can't believe Lawrence Holmes was on your show. I listen to him every day on the way home. He goes, it's wild. So that was really cool. And after that, we're going to have another edition of What the Fuck Happened. This time... It's the franchise killing Batman and Robin from 1997 with our buddy, oh my God. the ginger geek himself, Matt Dalhauer. And then uh, somewhere there'll be an X Men Al's Pack of Lips review. Yeah. Al Pack of Lips. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that was, those were all yeah. some things to look forward those, to. And- those are coming. And then we will get back on the weekly blab and hang out with you guys. But for now, look, we've been doing this every week for I can't even count how many weeks in a row. It's been a lot. So we're going to take a little break. And we love being here on blab, but we love taking a little break because it was very exhausting uh, to go through all this. But lots well, of- I got 80 pages of DC to wipe my ass yes. with now. So I, got, you, I need some time for I, that. I cannot wait till you're, until you read that and get more thoughts. We're going to have to have another discussion about Rebirth because I really want you to read this. Guys, before we head out, I want to thank the networks that we're on. Thank you to A Place to Hang Your Cape, uh, Tangent Bound Network, and We Be Geeks. You can find the show on all those websites and also geekliferadio.com every Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central. You can catch us on the stream. Jordan in the chat says she didn't play with Barbie. She ripped them apart, which is why she's awesome. And she's our badass blab assistant. I want to say thank you 
to Jordan for working the fourth box. Thanks, honey. You, you've been awesome. Yep. I'll just run through this real quick. If you want to contact us, jockandnerd.com slash contact, all the forms of way and different ways you can get in touch with us. Also, if you like the show, jockandnerd.com slash review, get to our iTunes page, subscribe, and write us a nice review. Finally, Rugs, finish it up. What do we tell them? Well, before I get into that, you can find me on, on Twitter at ReallyRugBoy. So Wowie zowie! And follow me. I haven't been tweeting that much lately, but I'll probably step up my game. Now I'm not doing this blab. Uh, okay, so basically what you can do to help us out is tell a person. Tell someone. In, enact, invoke your Avengers Assemble. Except for <laughs> Jockey nerd. nerd fans Assemble. Okay, get everybody on board with this shit. All right? You know, uh, as I said, be part of the show. Interact. You know, now that the blab's gone, you can still email us. You can still send us send us a bit. Send us something. Send us some interesting stuff. We want to talk about what, you, what you're interested in. So be part of the show. Get everyone into it. This is your show. That's right. Contribute to the conversation. Now the people here in Blab can instantly contribute by you, listener. You can also contribute. It just takes a little bit longer, podcast by podcast. You could. I would love send some audio. I really miss the audio. We haven't got any in a while. Send us your uh, review for X-Men Alpacalypse. We'll add it to the show. Get engaged. Thanks for listening. You guys are awesome. This has been the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And we'll check you next time. Watch you, Will. Jockin' nerd. Honestly, Rugs, you you gotta read this. You gotta I, fucking read I was, it. Uh, I was, I didn't think I would like it, but I, I like it. It was interesting. It's very interesting what they're doing. I got a little um, echo back from you. I, I got I got to run because I actually got to pack. I'm leaving for DC tomorrow morning. So, oh, Dick City. I love Dick, Dick City. City. No, <laughs> D- Detective D- Comics. Oh, you're going to Detective Comics? Comics? Yeah. <laughs> DC Comics. Yeah, I'm going to DC for the for the Memorial Day week. I'm I'm actually putting in my bid for office. Oh, it's Donald Trump. Just like Oliver Queen. Say hi to Hillary Clinton for me. Yeah, get on a car, make a speech. <laughs> get on a cab. <laughs> and tell people to hope it up, everyone. We can bring change to this yeah. country. You have failed this show. That's but what I'm very really... curious, Rug Boy. I want. I really am curious after you read it if you still continue to hate. I it. You probably will. Personally, I will personally uh, contact you. Okay, great. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks. Good Bye. Show. All right. Enjoy your sh- vacation. Thank you. I will. This is the Jock and Nerd Podcast After Show. If someone wants to jump in, we got an open box. Actually, I will be going. Uh, I'll be editing the show in Door County, Wisconsin. Mm. Listener Ron O'Rourke is from Wisconsin. He'll he'll be happy. So, and I'll probably have to post it from there because we're going to Door County for the Memorials Days weekends. Well, I don't know what that is. What's, what, where are you going? Door County is a part of Wisconsin. That's uh, you know how there's like a little bay. It's a strip. You know, it looks like a like your hand, and there's a little thumb part. So this part here is Door County, and there's a bay, and this is Lake Michigan. It's really fun. It's really pretty. There's a lot of outdoor stuff. There's uh, reserves. There's a lot of food, little quaint towns that have like little ice cream shops and coffee shops. And my mother-in-law owns a house right on the bay, like in the forest.
this, like secluded, it's really nice. The dogs get to run around. You can sit and the, you can go on a boat. The water's right there. And then you can go into the, you can go into the little small towns and they got really good, like smoked uh, salmon and fish and cheese and all the Wisconsin stuff. But on Memorial Day weekend, it is anno- awesome. it's annoyingly crowded with goddamn tourists from like us. <laughs> But if you go any other weekend, it's really nice. Well, yeah, I like I like Memorial Day weekend. You know what I do? What do you do? I just go outside and I just smell the air. And then if I smell barbecue, I just go there. Rugs, Perfect. there's free food on the ground everywhere on Memorial Day weekend. People yeah, drop well, burgers and fucking marshmallows, all sorts of shit. First of all, I love a parade. Okay? <laughs> really? Uh, why not? You're a fan of a parade? Yeah, Rug you just see people walking. Isn't it great? <laughs> people walk right in front of you. And sometimes they and, wave at you. And, and, Watch them walk in front of you. Sometimes they drive real slowly in front of you. It's so much fun.